Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. What I love about Shopify is basically how no matter how big you want to grow, Shopify gives you everything you need to take control and take your business to the next level. I know we use Shopify here at Betches. And honestly, anyone with any kind of business could really benefit from Shopify. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout, 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklyn, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash betches, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash betches now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash betches. Welcome to So Bad It's Good with Ryan Bailey, the podcast where we cover all the pop culture we love to hate, from the classic reality TV moments of the past and present to the latest Daily Mail headlines and everything in between. We'll dive into all the infamous and notorious messes you can't stop watching. I'm looking at you, Jax Taylor. I'm your host, Ryan Bailey. When the MC's came, tell about the name. When solo on that ass, but it's still the same. Okay. Get down, girl. Go ahead. Get down. I miss Kanye. I miss Kanye's music. Those early albums. You guys, welcome to So Bad It's Good with Ryan Bailey. I am Ryan Bailey. It is Tuesday. We made it 20% through the week. That is one-fifth, if I'm uh, remembering math correctly. Um, <laughs> how is everybody doing? Uh, today, we got a great episode for you. We've got one of my favorites. We got Monty from the podcast Mixing with Monty. Uh, she has been one of my friends since I've started this, and she is just so on the money with her, you know, her her reality show knowledge. Uh, it, it just, and it's all, you know, this is a great conversation that we have today because we started off and it was just, we were just talking about some personal stuff. And I love that. I mean, I love, you know, I love Bravo and reality shows and pop culture, but at the end of the day, like I was thinking about this tonight while I was, um, forcing myself to watch the bachelor, which is really, I feel like I'm, I'm, I'm suffering through penance of some sort, or this is, um, this is purgatory. Like people are going to show this season of the bachelor before you're able to go, go into heaven. Um, because it's just, I just, every time I, 
Actually, I will say this. Matt James did have a very real conversation with his father. Matt James is the bachelor, you guys. And he's just, he's stiff as a board, I think. Very good looking, but stiff as a board. His dad, I guess, like kind of took off on him and his mom because his mom kicked him out after he was cheating. And he really wasn't there for Matt James's life. <laughs> okay, guys, I'm just getting right into it. <laughs> Welcome to Tuesday. But he, it, it was one of the most real conversations I've seen on The Bachelor, but I'm not necessarily saying that as a compliment because it's hard to have that real of a conversation when a lot of the other things are just like based off like a guy that's trying to like, I can sleep with three women tonight in the fantasy suites, you know, but there was this real conversation he had with his dad of like, dad, I still want a relationship with you, but you know, you know, my life has been very hard in certain aspects because of your absence. It was, it, it was one of those things where you're watching a show and you're kind of just breezing through thinking about your life, texting on Instagram, on Twitter. And then all of a sudden a real scene happens and you're like, like the air just kind of goes still. It's like when a car crash happens or like when you, when it, when you can feel a fight is about to break out, like that was that scene for me. And then it went back to like shitty right after that again. But for that shining five minute moment, the bachelor was really good, but it's like, I wanted to see that scene in another reality show, not the bachelor. Anyways, I will continue to watch the bachelor because I do not like myself. Um, you, do you guys like the bachelor or is it just something that's like ensconced, in our DNA where we kind of feel like we have to, it's like with, with Bravo, it's like, you know, Bravo is family at this point. So we have to, uh, we have to stick with it. So even like in the downtimes, like last season of Vanderpump rules, we stick with it because that's what we do as family, you know, like, uh, like Manzo says, you know, we are, you know, our family is thicker than thieves. Caroline Manzo, God bless her. God, she would be, wouldn't she be a dream guest on the pod? I would love to see how I would interact with Caroline Manzo. Oh my God. Did you guys see Dina Manzo and Teresa? I got sent this video so much today of Teresa, like, you know, making out with Dina in a bed or like, but she was doing it like and her, her boyfriend was filming and they put it up on and they thought they were being funny. Teresa's wild. You guys, I don't know what happened, but Joe sent her a vibrator and now all bets are off. She is, she is having not a 50 shades of gray moment, but I would think she's having like an under the Tuscan sun eat, pray, love moment, but sexier. I think even though I don't find Teresa sexy, like, um, because I've, you know, seen how she's acted for nine seasons or however many seasons, but I feel like she's really feeling herself. She's really discovering. I bet she's, I would not doubt. And just, I know this is going to sound crass. I'm so sorry. This is the first crass thing I've ever said on this pod. I bet there's a scene this season where she says something of, I never had an orgasm with Joe. I bet you anything. But do you remember those early like seasons of Jersey when her and Joe, like she would talk about like, yeah, Joe wants to do it 80 billion times a day. I just lay on my back and he just puts it in. It's, it sounded very full of passion. Um where was, where was I? I've already covered so much. Okay. That was, I was watching the bachelor and I was thinking, I was thinking, this is crazy. What we're doing here. What I'm doing here is crazy. I'm putting out like so many pods a week and like, I am so flipping lucky. 
I was thinking about the conversation I had with Monty and I was talking like the first 15, 20 minutes of the conversation. I got to find out a little bit more about Monty and her life and her engagement and stuff like that. And I was just like, man, you know, it's, it's when, when I talk to people behind a mic, I just, it's just so much better than talking to like, I, I get so scared in my everyday life. Do you guys have like that with something where, um, I mean, maybe we all have it because we live online in some ways. And that's kind of like our avatar. That's a little better, cooler, you know, better looking than us. But in real life, I try to like kind of disappear or hide in the background unless I'm at Buca de Beppo, which I, you know, but, um, I don't know. I was thinking like just how lucky I am that I have this outlet to get to know more about people, to get to joke and to laugh and to get other people's thoughts about these shows. And I, I'm never not amazed. Each person brings something so unique, something so cool, a thought that I had not thought of. And you can't, there's no currency for that. Like you, you can't put a price on that. I mean, if I would, I would tell you to go to Patreon, which you can do. And it's like five bucks a month, but I'm, I'm talking about what I get to do. It's just, I don't know. I was thinking as scared as I am right now in my life, like I said, you know, like I'm still without a job. I'm trying to do this full time. I am kind of a one man band. Maritza helps me with the digital artwork. My friend Megan uh, kind of talks through a lot of ideas with me. But I am, I am a one man band, and I am like learning as I go. Or I, 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 I make a lot of mistakes, and that's that's the only way to learn. But there's there's like this insane pressure I feel because. You know, I found this uh, later in life and I'm like, I really, really love this. And it's just so much because you want it to do so well. You want it to be good. You want uh, you want people to feel your passion and how exciting all of this is to talk about all of these things that we love. Um, but I was thinking about that. But then my overwhelming feeling was, man, I am so lucky. In fact, I get to talk to you guys all the time. Um I talk to so many of you now uh, or when I get to and when I get to open the DMs and stuff. And I know a lot of people have my number because I've announced it on podcasts before. And there's a couple people, you know, one of uh, my listeners, Patreon subscribers, and and I would think I would say friend, you know, reached out to me because she had like a horrible family thing happen. And I was hurt. You know, like I felt something about that. And it just, it just goes to show like there really are, there are so many stories, you know, we think about pop culture being so weird and so crazy and like all these situations and Bethany's talking about Meghan Markle and all that stuff. But when in reality, our lives are just as crazy and we are just as fascinating as any housewives as the, I mean, we're definitely all more fascinating than the bachelor. But I think that's just interesting is that we put all of these stories up on a pedestal or people. We put up all these people on the pedestal. But what I want to do more of is putting put these stories in these shows and sometimes not the individual person. You know, it's it's the show always wins. And I don't know. So basically what I'm saying is that what I'm trying to do here, this does not work without you. This as a whole 
is one thing. It's not me. It's not you. It has to have all of it for this to work. So um, thank you for going with me on this journey because I know it's crazy. This guy, I, I, I'm sort of like this idiot's releasing four to five interviews a week. He has a paid like that's I get it. But at the same time, this is this is keeping me going. You guys, this is I'm so excited to have this is such a privilege. Anyways, okay, that's enough of that bullshit. Wah, 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 cry, cry, cry. But uh, uh, I will, I, I do want to say I got a lot of feedback about me saying I'm fully on board with the Royals. And I got to tell you, day two, I'm still on board, you guys. I almost was like, I think I need, <laughs> I think I need merchandise. I think I need like a Harry and Meghan shirt or a Royal shirt. Like, where is the best merch <laughs> for Royals. I want to show my support. I love that the first thing I think when I get to be a fan of something is like, do they have a shirt for it? Do they have a shirt? Like that's, I, I, that's not even a joke. That's real. Like that is real. And now I think like I might, I might be crushing on the Royals, but I keep thinking, and me and Monty talk a lot about Megan and Harry in this interview. I just want to say, I'm just still kind of I, I want to keep talking about it. Are you guys that really, if we think about it is what that shouldn't have happened. That's two hours of insanity that not insanity. I mean, just a, a person's story, but insanity in the sense of like bucking tradition and going against quote unquote, the family, like the Sopranos or something. I mean, what they said and but also at the same time it was a very personal story. You know, Megan talks about being pregnant and not wanting to live at a certain point and was scared to be left alone. And Harry had to 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 bring her with him to a function because she was scared what she would do by herself if she was left alone. And you know, she said she'd always been a confident woman, always a strong woman. But it got to a point, and that's just why. I mean, to me, that is just wild. And they showed this picture, you guys, of the night that she had felt that way. And she said, well, for me, it's very clear. You can see him, like, just grasping my hand. And if you look at it from a distance, it's like just like two beautiful people that are very happy. But if you look closer, of course, if, you know, we're being led by what she says, you can kind of see it. Um, and I, I just I keep thinking about the fact of, but and Harry said, but you, you know, when you're at a function, though, you have to wipe away the tears, put on the smile, and do your job. And their job is to be royals. I mean, and that's it. They're just symbols, they're figureheads. They're not parliament, they're figureheads. And, you know, just even down to like the queen not approving money. For security, for Archie and Meghan and Harry, because they're not, I mean, it feels like that's something the Queen could still approve. I, I, I know I think I mentioned that in the interview, but it's still mind boggling of like, that's a pretty simple thing. Those guys are world famous, even though I didn't, even though I have only been a Royals fan for the last two days, I even have seen them for my whole life. And I just think that's inconscionable i mean you you put these people in the spotlight they're two of the most famous people in the world and then you don't give them security in america of all places in this year of all places i mean fuck billy eilish had to hire private security because she had a stalker that was walking by her house and making throat slitting uh gestures and would always say something to her when she left out of the house imagine that 
imagine you guys like that's the thing the the you know we all want to be celebrities we all want to be big big stars um but the reality of that situation is you know say you know megan and harry scared that their child can't live a normal existence billy eilish you think top of the world wow you know getting money coming in big songs like all of this stuff and to get to her car every day she has to go outside where a guy's across the street yelling things at her and doing throat slitting gestures not a great way to start your day i like to start my day the same way every day underneath a weighted blanket i'm the bad boy of podcasting oh also a lot of people ask i am off the melatonin I am just using my trusty weighted blanket. And I got to tell you, folks, I love my weighted blanket. This is not a commercial, even though it's a, I got to tell you, folks, I love a weighted blanket. I got the old 20 pound. I'm thinking of going up to 25. Eventually, I just want people to put concrete over me. I think that is the only, I just want it to get heavier and heavier until I just cannot move forever. But it is, I don't know. There is something so comforting about my weighted blanket. I wonder if the Royals have a weighted blanket. Hmm. I don't know. Anyways, I am still digesting that Megan and Harry. I'm almost thinking about doing another podcast, not like a separate podcast with multiple episodes, but I might even do another one just dissecting that whole interview because I keep thinking about it because once again, it ties in with so many things that we, and the Royals itself, I think I bring this up with Monty as well, is that these are, it's like, it's like the housewives. The Royals are the housewives. So I'm finally getting it. I'm finally seeing what all you are all seeing. I'm finally hearing the music for the first time. And you guys right now, it is beautiful. Also, if you can let me know where I can get those Royals shirts, that would be amazing. Okay. We got money folks. Um, I'm, I was I'm thinking about doing one more section before we go to money. If you guys can handle it. I wanted to play some Jen Shaw audio that I promised to play. A lot of people have emailed me about it uh, and DM'd. And so I pulled up the clips and I already, I don't think there are kids in the car because, you know, it's my podcast. So you've probably thrown them out of the car at this point. But if there are, and if if you're doing household chores and have it on, this is uh, this is very not safe for work. This is a lot of cursing, not by me, but by Jen Shaw. And a lot of you guys might have heard this because you you know dally around the internet, dilly dally around the internet. But a lot of people might not have heard this, so I thought it was important to play. Now I am going to play this first one, which is the one with video. So she is. Uh, yelling at somebody with video and uh, coach Shaw is in this as well. Uh, we're going to play this and we'll talk about it afterwards. And if you don't like it, I'll put timestamps so you can skip right to the interview. Okay. Bye. Stop here. And that's it. And you can stop fucking smiling bitch and being a fucking bitch. Cause you are. Yeah, you are. And Koa handle this shit. Okay. It's no, not let you fucking handle it. You don't have a fucking attitude with me. This is, I'm fucking going into reunion this week. Shut the fuck up. Okay, okay. No, you are shut the fuck up. Get the fuck out. I'm tired.
And what you can't, I mean, by the way, horrific, horrific, right? I mean, what what you can't see is Coach Shaw is there. She exits and he, the guy is, is, is almost like crying. And he's like, you can barely hear it. It's inaudible. He's like, are you okay? You okay? And I mean, it's just, it is horrid behavior. Remember guys, she doesn't know she's being taped. She, she's not on a housewife show right now. This is truly, really her. And this is not just one instance. We have multiple instances now. I do love the fact that the Shaw squad is completely wiretapped. I do love that it's like the FBI that like, if you're one of the 80, hundred members of the Shaw squad, you're wearing wires. Like I do. I think it is there. The only thing funny about this is potentially Jen Shaw is going to have security have to like pat down the Shaw squad before they go to work every day, because it seems like they, you know, were really out to not out to get because she deserved it, but like really wanting to make sure they had much uh, audio and video as they could. But this is just unacceptable. And you really see, I mean, coach Shaw, I mean, the, I was, I was thinking of Bronwyn and Sean from OC and how Bronwyn said Sean was enabling. And I kind of thought that was like a little stretching little, you know, I didn't really, agree with that but this i kind of think coach shaw is enabling jen like i know he's trying to probably make everything work and be a good guy and be a good husband but this is abhorrent behavior this this is disgusting and she has made zero comments on this zero comments okay you think that's all here are some choice selections from the next audio and uh you know this is something that an employee or a designer did something wrong. So guys, you do have a right to be mad. I'm not saying that, but just the language in which she used. Listen to this. Okay, come in here because I'm like ready to fucking, do you know, we're going to put on boxing gloves and I'm going to beat the shit out of you in like two seconds. That's how pissed off, hurt, upset I am. And you've been lying. You've been lying. I'd rather lie. I asked her. I went off on her ass about the fucking fireplace. She's like, I never lit the candles on there. And I'm like, wait, what? I saw it on the camera. It was Okay. Do you know how many fucking nights you fucking were at my house and I was up at night with your fucking bullshit? Do you? Do you? Woke up in the morning, my hair, make them get my clothes on. 
That's the ballad of Jen Shaw right there, you guys. I had to throw that Gia thing in because it seems like the internal struggle of Jen Shaw. You guys, wasn't that horrifying? Even, I mean, I mean, it just, it sounds like she's like close to getting physical too. Like you, you can just see she's just a ball of anger. I got to tell you that all, she is the opposite of a Coach Shaw pep talk. That is the opposite. Like, I shit myself listening to that. I cannot imagine being on the receiving end of that. But as I keep saying, we've all had bosses or people in our lives that are like that. And it is so scary. Imagine those, like, she has like 30 Shaw Squad. Like, how much are these people getting paid where it is worth putting up with this shit? She just, I gotta say, you guys, she seems like a monster. And it's like, we sometimes say like, oh, Ramona's a monster and stuff like that. Have we, do we have, I mean, I actually have heard about some Ramona tirades, but we don't actually have video proof. Um, but I, I wanted to let you guys hear that. Be the judge of it. Let me know what you think. Um, Cause uh, you know, we've been talking about it, but I wanted you to finally hear it. And I do talk about it a little bit with Monty in this interview as well. Um, but I wanted you guys to hear it so you could have a chipper Tuesday. You know, if you need any kind of inspiration, imagine Jen Shaw standing right behind your desk chair and you've done something wrong. Okay. Uh, now scene action. Uh, you guys are next guest is yeah, her name's Monty mixing with Monty. She is just so great. Uh, I say it in the beginning, but go subscribe to her podcast. Go listen. It is chock full of insight and humor and all of the good stuff that makes us feel all warm and fuzzy she is an amazing person uh, i think you're going to love this interview um so without further ado have a great rest of your tuesday guys and we will talk to you tomorrow here's money and you don't stop and you don't stop never eat your Long time like two pops so like bro, like so like tro like tro and if you don't know now you know you know what I got up to the house in my sixth floor oh snap guess what I saw standing on the front stoop hanging out the window Snoop Doggy Dogg and Dr. Dre is at the dump I jumped out the rock and said what's up uh, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to your Tuesday. We have got a powerhouse for you. I hope you are. Uh, this is going to be like your your big cup of coffee. I'm telling you, this is going to wake you up because we are about to have a great conversation. I don't usually I don't already predict that for most people, but I know I will with this next guest because she is a podcaster in her own right. She uh, has uh, the correct opinions, I believe, on every one of these shows that we know and love. Uh, the podcast is called Mixing with Monty. And the person, of course, we're talking about is Monty. Welcome back to the show. Monty, thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for having me. It's been a while. I'm so excited. I love talking with you. Yeah, we definitely always have a good conversation. Yeah, you know, it's a, the there are a few people that it's like I like I I it's just so funny. Like I'm, I'm so used to talking to you and a couple of other people that like, I don't even know if it's like I'm on your podcast, you're on my podcast, right. where like it, it all counts as one. Like, mm -hmm. and I kind of view that as the same as the podcasting community. So what I would like everybody to do, I've said this all the time, but I really want to make a 
point. But if you haven't listened to Monty, go listen to her. But first, before you even listen to her, just hit subscribe and hit five stars. It's one of the easiest things that you can do for free to any podcaster out there, because I do know the time and energy Monty puts into this as well as what I put into it. And it's just like the easiest thing you can do. But I really do feel like we are part of a similar podcasting community, which is awesome. Yes. Yeah, I love it. I love the community that we've built. I think it's a really fun one. I've been talking like, you know, to Ono Bravo and Hannah Brown. And I've been like, you know, in, in in my wedding planning process, I'm most likely going to have either equal or more people from the podcasting and Instagram world that I've met as actual family and friends. Because we spend That's- so much more time talking to each other than, I don't know, people I'm related to. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, that's, by the way, way to drop in. You're getting married. Congratulations. You got engaged (laughs) over the holidays. Um, That was actually the coolest thing. I mean, yeah, it was awesome. What a Christmas gift. Like what a, I, I have nothing to compete with that. I I have no (laughs) engagement or or children, anything. And that is already real life stuff happens like that. Does it make you appreciate Bravo more or does it make you step back and go, man, I got my own life really cooking over here? Um, I think in some regards, it makes me appreciate Bravo more because of the community that is in that I'm in with it. You know, like I received such a positive outpouring. Like I came out like a week before I got engaged and everybody was you know, obviously I always knew that I was gay. Everybody else was like, oh, we didn't know this. And I was like, I did not of- get the newsletter. Yeah. I was so, I was upset to find out like everybody else did from Instagram. I was like, why was I not personally reach out about this? Right. And so, so many people were, you know, I had such a positive outpouring of people who like already loved me and was like, you know, we already are like, we're, we're friends in virtual world or whatever. And then to be engaged, it was because it's obviously I have a larger platform and the Bravo sphere than like in my regular personal Instagram and stuff. So it was obviously a larger, uh, you know, kind of like congratulations. So it gave me, it made me feel a lot more excited. So in, in the sense of that, I'm really excited about, you know, Bravo in, and the community that it's like allowed me to kind of build around everything because we all have this one thing in common. And now I can't even imagine getting married without so many people at my wedding and things yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah. Like, and like and sharing the pictures, like I feel like it's a safe place to do that. And I think that that wouldn't happen if we didn't all have this common thing where we just love all these crazy women, crazy people who do these really unrelatable, crazy things. And then like, kind of give us a human aspect that we can kind of bond over and talk about. And so I'm grateful but for that. But isn't that how you make real, fr- I mean, like that everybody makes fun of internet friends, but it's like it, what you just described is like, that's how you should make friends is like common interests, people that support <laughs> each other. I mean, I have friends yes. in real life that don't even know I podcast. Like they're, it's like a completely, yes. You know, so it's very funny or or they'll get surprised when somebody mentions me like, oh, like I, I listen to your buddy's podcast. They'll be like, what? Which buddy? Like he does a podcast? Right. And, <laughs> um. Well, can I ask one thing about the, were, was there any, I know you are very secure in, in, in who you are in your life, but was there any trepidation or fear making that announcement on, on Instagram? Yeah, absolutely. I honestly, I feel like Taylor Strecker announcing her engagement to her fiance was what pushed me to feel like I could do the same thing. I want to say it happened 
maybe like uh, like it was very close to when she announced hers and then Bronwyn coming out and then the the amount of like you know obviously it's different because you know I'm not a housewife she's a housewife yes. and so people have you're not a housewife yet money. <laughs> listen yes. fingers crossed okay yes. but I think that you know and, and everything that surrounds like her family and everything so that's very different but you know seeing people be like yeah, that's not my issue with you. My issue with you is X, Y, and Z. And I didn't have anything to do with that. It definitely helped, but I definitely had some, some hesitancy. I was like, you know, it might, it might cause some kind of, you know, pushback or someone might feel uncomfortable. And if that happens, then that happens. I've been very open and honest. I probably have gotten more pushback about my talk of race than my talk of sexuality, <laughs> uh, which is so funny because you automatically know I'm black. You don't automatically know that I'm gay. No, <laughs> so no, yeah. It, it's very funny that, you know, that that's, you know, how that works out. But I will say I had to do it because I felt like at some point, I knew I was going to get engaged by the end of 2021. My fiance was very open about that, about her plans. And I felt like this was going to happen sooner rather than later. And I couldn't imagine not sharing it on my podcast and and in my Instagram and everything, just because of how intertwined my life tends to be because of the way I have built this platform. Like I have built it this way where I don't just show myself watching TV. It's always like my opinion, what I'm drinking, what I'm doing. It's my personal review. Like, so I can't, I didn't feel like I could separate it. So I had to be open about it. And I was nervous, but you know, the people have been like, I, I honestly, I, I I know I hate that we have to measure it this way, but I gained more followers. People were like, great for you. Like, you know, happiness. I'm happy that people wanted to just see me happy and that they were just like, listen, 2020 has been some bullshit. So anything happy and good, yes. we're going to take it. That's, you know, that really is kind of thing is like, oh, it's a little bit of joy instead of a divisive opinion on which housewife you love more on which right. cast or something right. like, oh, well, this is just 100 percent good. Uh, instead of like, what's your opinion on Monty's engagement? Like, right. it's, it's really divided the Bravo universe. Like, no, we can all <laughs> we can all say that is really good. Um, did you know? I mean, were you were you looking around the corner for it happening? Like every day, were you like, when's um, it happening? When's it happening? Yeah, I think that. So my fiance will tell you that her getting to the point of me only suspecting anything to happen two weeks before it happened is a success for her because (laughs) of what we do, right? The amount of online work we do, the investigation, like we're looking at Helen, we're on, we're doing a lot of investigation. I would have loved to see that Instagram story of you (laughs) busting out your fiance of like, this is, I found the box. This is, I found the receipt. So it's like, the, so she, in a lot of ways, she's grateful for the podcast and everything because it keeps me so busy that I have no idea. And I truly didn't even really think about what was happening probably until the, either the day before or the day of, but for at least a week before I was like, there's no way this could, like, I talked my own self out of it because my ego got so big. I was like, I would know she can't get anything past me. I would know if she was doing it. So there's no way, even though I was like, I think something could be going down. Cause I did, I think I said it on the Bravo while black podcast with Kai and Aaron. I was like, uh, I, I think it could be happening, but I'm unsure. And then like, I, I swear to you the very next, like two days later, it did happen, but it was more like two weeks. I didn't suspect anything until like right around then. And she would consider that a win because for with me, it, surprising me is it's 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 almost impossible. I'm out here trying to figure out, you know, if Bolo follows any of the women. Did he follow <laughs> them then? Like I'm over here looking at did Hannah 
and her storyline on Summer House, like, did that coincide with this new man yes. that she's now engaged to after seven months? Like, yes. I'm looking at timelines every day, so well, now, it's hard she, to get uh, over on me. <laughs> did she do good, or, or were you like a uh, like Carrie um, uh, to Deandra at uh, one of Brandy's 18th uh, birthday parties? <laughs> were you like, it could have been better, you should have done it this way, or did she do good? No, I thought I mean, for what it was, I mean, because it was in 2020, so obviously, COVID. So, anything. Big. Was good at that. Anything was better. She really, really wanted to a do it on my birthday, which we had had planned, which is in April, so it would have been the next year. But she wanted to move it up, and she wanted to do it at this place on the water by my mom's building, uh, her condo building. It's on the water in Baltimore, and she wanted to do it there. And then the like like a week before the governor or the mayor of Baltimore got sworn in and shut the whole city down and everything was closed inside. So she was like, Oh shit. Okay, great. So she had to do it. We did it outside. It was going to be like a photo shoot, which is exactly what um, it's something that we never have pictures. So it went right over my head. Cause I was like, <laughs> yeah, we don't, you're right. We do need pictures. It was oh, very that's a good easy. one. Yeah. Yeah, it, it, it mean I had to get dressed up and had to get you know you know do my own hair and makeup and so you know all of that and I had scheduled to get my you hair didn't have well, you didn't have glam you you didn't like you didn't have Dorito? no I didn't okay. I didn't bring my own glam I oh, had to do gosh. it myself I full on Kyle Richards I was like well if I have to do it everyone has to do their own glam <laughs> and like she how she kind of did it was like to make sure our friends could be there but like it be safe um, she had two of our friends who I you know drive in from New Jersey who are, were very close and I would want to do it with them. But I was also like, there's no way I could do it because we, there are no friends here. We're home in Maryland. There's no friends here. And she knew I would want friends. And uh, one, another friend of ours did the photography because she does photography. And we had known that all these people had been safe. They've been at home. They've been quarantining this entire time. A, lot, a couple of them, this is the first time out of their house in eight months. So they were, you know, there for that. One girl was like, oh, I'll help style you. But, you know, I'm just going to, drop this off and leave. And then it's like, boom, party. And then, okay, everybody disperse, like <laughs> go. But I thought it was great for what it was. It was exactly what I wanted. It was very, very, very small. So it wasn't like what I had always imagined. Like I wanted a Britney Cartwright engagement. That was what I wanted. I don't like Britney or Jax, but wait, I like the wait, idea. Did you scream afterwards? I'm engaged. <laughs> yes. Oh my God. Yes, I did. And that's, I didn't even make the connection that I did that until right now, but I did actually Brit scream out. <laughs> Britney, oh gets, God, Britney gets Britney gets residuals for that every time somebody's a lady screams she gets paid. yeah I literally screamed out through like to the void of the water I'm engaged and my mom was actually on her balcony upstairs like it was so close going I know like she was yelling down from the 18th floor it was very funny but yeah I really wanted it to be like that where like it happened and I didn't know and then I get back to like our apartment or something and it's like a, all of our friends totally packed to the brim and everybody was like congratulations that couldn't happen but it was much smaller it was like a couple of people and you know with my mom and she my mom made all the food and we got a couple of things catered you know to go ordered that was like for our, some of our favorite things and it was lovely we had yeah. like you know everything there I go back upstairs and it's like oh my gosh it's it, for what for what 2020 was yeah. it was nice to spend time with like three or four of our closest friends you know my fiance my mom and just like 
it's winter. It's my favorite time of year. Christmas is my favorite time of year. And just chill, like just to have fun. I mean, yeah, this is what it looks like now. You know and what I mean? Like twenty six. This did was on the twenty sixth. Like, yes, the day after Christmas. I would have done it on the twenty fifth and try to pass that off as my Christmas gift. Like I know I been she. Like, Here's your Christmas gift. Well. Uh, so bad for not getting me like a Christmas gift. So what she did was she gave me a um this is gonna people can be like, wait, what? She gave me a um a gift card to Target. And let me tell you why. <laughs> Target is my fit Target and TJ Maxx interchangeable as my favorite place on earth. I will, it's the only place I will do cardio because I skip to the door and then I run through the aisles, right? I am a kid <laughs> in a candy store, like a little unicorn prancing through the forest. Love Target so much. So much so that whenever I go to Target, I am always restricted by whomever is with me. They're like, you cannot spend more than this amount of dollars. You cannot go down this aisle. I cannot even touch the home decor aisle and the candle aisle because I will buy something. Yeah, what's your first aisles when you go into Target? What do you hit first? What are the aisles? Um, I always get a beverage from Starbucks so I can peruse leisurely. That happens every time, no matter what. I have to peruse and I have to sip and peruse, you know, through the mask. I don't mind. Like, I will make it harder on myself as long as I have a good time. And I like to go clothes first. Absolutely. It's by the front. I will always buy at least three things from the clothes section. Jewelry, accessories, a workout gear, pajamas, great robes. And then I'm going straight to the candles and um, like all the home decor. And then I'm like, you know what? I could use some avocados. And then I go to the grocery. Like I'm in there. I am the full target experience. So she gave me this gift card to offset all the money that I normally spend. So this was like her way of being like, Go in and enjoy yourself because it never happens. I'm always, she's always like, you cannot go in there. I'm watching you long, no longer than 10 minutes because it's a problem. So this was her way of permitting me to go through and have a good time. And that's the best Christmas gift next to a ring that I could get. I mean, even as a guy, I love Target. I'll go in there. So and I'll, go, I'll go straight to the uh, the men's section and their graphic tees, which is so, because it's always like, oh, what thing from my childhood do they make a t-shirt of now? Yes. And, but the thing is with COVID, what sucks is, you can't, you know, Target shirts are all of a sudden like kind of useless because I can't wear them around to like show them off to anybody, which is so ridiculous because yes, everybody's I wear them I'm a on my anyways. Zooms. <laughs> yeah, yeah like, like, look at my baby Yoda shirt, everybody. Wait, right. Bonnie, I think why the don't they do housewives shirts? Why don't they I do don't, like why don't like Target Bravo wake owns up? the rights to everything? I but feel why like that's Bravo the case. wake up and give like wouldn't you kill if you went to a female like a female section at Target and you could buy a real housewives of New York or Beverly if Hills? If Bravo and, and like, Target shirts? did a crossover, I think I would legitimately have a heart attack. Like it well, would be the end for me. Well, that's what we need to work at. We need to set I think an agenda. We, do. we are we need to make that happen. If we're running for office, this should be one of them. And the other thing I want is you know those little nerdy like pop figures with like the big head and mm-hmm. there's like it's like a mm-hmm. toy like they have it for every tv show why doesn't this fu- funko is the company uh, why i like where you're going lives? what could you where have- is a bobble nini leaks i will yes! put it on my desk right now could you there is such an untapped market like and maybe that's more <laughs> guyish than girlish but i think i i would totally buy could a be. ramona singer action figure i would totally- i know a lot of guys who especially when they like bravo like if they're into like summer house and below deck which is like the more co-ed ones and even like married the medicine like, where like the guys are equally as casted we could absolutely get some iconic male figures and stuff in there and i know some men are just fascinated by how far these women get in life and i get it yes but i know plenty of people who are like listen Teresa's a hot mess but it's kind of fun to watch and i'm like exactly can you imagine summer house barbies 
You'll be like, Paige is a Barbie. Screw you, Hannah. You know, like, yes, I would love a charade one that says, like, and it, like, it says, oh. like, who gonna check me, boo, or something like that. Like, that would be great. Is the I'd rumor true that she's coming back to Atlanta? Is that rumor true? I don't I believe it's true. Damn it. I believe that it's been started. And I think that Bravo loves to laugh at us starting rumors. And they're always like, yeah, that's cute that you think that we hear you. We're going to go in a totally different direction. Yeah. Bravo but- doesn't care. Like, I know everybody like gets up in arms. Like, Bravo isn't looking to us for casting choices. Like they're not no. looking to, like, you know, as much as like fuss is Kelly Dodd, like people made it her. I, I think she's coming back. Like Bravo. I can not say care, definitively you know? they have no they've not made a single decision on OC casting. Not even with Bravo. For a fact. Not even for, I know that for a fact. In fact, this is some, I don't know if, if I'm even allowed to say this. They've You're, delayed, <laughs> they've delayed filming a bit. Normally they would film in April. I'm hearing that they're not going to film for a couple of months, which is why they don't have contracts. I think that's yet. smart. I think that's really, you know, it's like they got to go with the HBO approach where it's like HBO didn't have like a set schedule for Sopranos. Sometimes it would be a year and a half before the new season the Sopranos appeared because they were busy trying to make it good. They were like, we're going to come yeah. back when it's ready to come back. And I, I think, think they should let OC breathe. I really do. I think it oh, needs oh, air. A hundred percent. Like if you're not going to reboot it, let it breathe, work on those okay. stories, work on those relationships and see what you can get from there. Because yes. I think, and especially we're in this really kind of key moment where Bravo has so many shows on air, so many new things. Don't let other shows get lost. Like I just uh, started my married to medicine journey. Oh, um, congratulations. You're, yes. Th- no, thank you. And that is something that I owe to like uh, people like you, Stephen Faces by Bravo, uh, Bravo While Black. They all wreck Samaj. They all, which by the way, uh, great with Samaj. That was yes, uh, he was so he fun. Guys, uh, go listen to her podcast with Samaj. Samaj has been on the show before and he's just, he's a great guy. But um, it, it's one of those journeys that like Bravo also needs to recognize what they have in the arsenal and push that, like make sure those yes. shows don't get lost. They have a wealth of material that people don't even really know about because they're scared to try a new show, you know? I still to this day do not know why they didn't put the money in the publicity behind Southern Charm New Orleans. It feels like that's another one that I had no really even if I dig into the answer I know I'm not gonna like it so I have to consistently tell myself we're just going to keep pushing it and they'll bring it back. I mean they haven't even decided on whether or not they're going to bring it back, which I think is pretty abysmal because once you get into ratings and things like that, they're not that far But Summer House, for the amount of people that talk about it, the ratings don't necessarily line up to it. So Ratings are like, it, it, weirdly, in this season especially, are like kind of almost half of what they were last season, which I know we mm-hmm. were in quarantine when it came on. It came on a month later than it did, uh, or two months later than it did this season. But it is wild. The ratings should, I mean, for what I think I'm seeing, I, I thought it should be better you know yes exactly because how much they talk about it and with southern charm the charleston one i'm i never understand like the the people are like oh i'm so disappointed i'm like i don't know why everybody on the cast people used to love it's either gone or they're so problematic that they're not enjoyable anymore right and to me the best way to get rid of problematic people is to put someone else in place that is a from a diverse group so the problematic behavior becomes a lot more limited because the Usually, like someone like Thomas Ravenel, his problematic behavior could easily be solved by throwing him out and putting someone of color in because that is what makes him problematic. Or just jail. Jail would solve that as well. Also, that jail is good on that one. Love that for him. (laughs) (laughs) What's your line, though? I mean, I keep asking myself this too because I, I think I was in the party of 
well, I don't like this person. They need to be off the show. They need done. They're, they're, you know, like not, I didn't say they're canceled, but I'd be like, I just don't like them. They need to be gone. But then I realized like, that's idiotic. You do like, like this season on Dallas, I am not liking Carrie at all. And, but at the same time, you, Carrie is providing me with some like part of the enjoyment of housewives is wildly disliking somebody. Yeah. Where is that line for you though, where it's like, well, now this crosses over to problematic and my enjoyment of you is just affected where I can't even enjoy you as a villain. Yes. So for me, where I think that the line is, so I've seen a lot of conversation about, for instance, Thomas Ravenel having the same last name with one less L than Catherine's current boyfriend. I forget his name, but also last name Ravenel. And I've seen a lot of people explain this correctly of there's a likelihood of, you know, well, we do know that Thomas's family likely owned slaves. We don't even, not even likely. It's in the the history books of Charleston. And that's what ends up happening to a lot of slave families. They would take on extra letters and so because they, A, they don't know how to spell their own names when they're asked these questions. They have to make it up and they didn't necessarily learn how to read. It wasn't like it was allowed. So they went with what they know, what they knew or what, what they were told. So that's how that could possibly have been a case, which I think is actually very cryptic if Catherine is dating a descendant of that, where I... I'm like, it's not like we can really erase that history. It happened. We There's no way we can yeah. get rid of everybody who's, you know, owned a slave or is descendant of someone. But when they come on the show and act like Thomas and brings their dad with a mic on and says that basically he hates Abraham Lincoln because he took his slaves away, right? And then we're going to plantations every five minutes. Every time we talk to Thomas, we're dealing with something to remind us of this lineage. It's like, we're no longer saying, listen, we can't change the past. We're celebrating that past and we're almost wishing for it back. That's where I have an issue. So it's like- There's almost I, a there's almost a wink sometimes to early Southern charm. Right. Like, wink, you know, like- And, and I'm like, and, that doesn't make, that's not charming. I'm sorry. Slavery to me is like the least charming part of the South. Like that's- That's, 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 a, that's an odd opinion that you have, Monty. I can't, <laughs> I can't believe you're coming out like this. this listen, this I love sweet post. tea. I love sweet tea. I love, you know, the hospitality. I love the bless your heart, passive aggression. It's my favorite. I love that part. But the whole like, you know, slavery thing, don't love that. It was really bad. Um, I, I have an issue with it. Respect opinions of those who don't love it. I mean, who kind of like it. That's all sarcasm. But I think that where it comes like even with Dallas, I think that the, where the line is, is if Someone like Carrie, who I've always found to be like annoying. I don't really love her. I was on her side last season because, well, because Leanne, Leanne was awful. Leanne yes. was so horrible. Like, I mean, so and that, on it was camera, easy to do. On right? camera, horrible. Yeah. Right. So, Carrie, I didn't love her. Like that she's producing for the show. You know, people are like, well, Cam, for instance, is being really, they're shocked that she's being really you know, like seemingly racist and things Cam's like that. Cam's a dork. To, to, Cam, to Cam is just a dork. I even liked Cam up until this season. I think that where I'm like, you should be off the show. If you cannot deal with new cast members in your space, like on an ensemble cast, if you cannot film with other cast members without your confrontations and your, you know, encounters with that person, not being or being about something that they cannot change, you should not be on this show. To me, it's just like Leanne. Like Cam is giving me Leanne energy again. If you can't have problems with Tiffany that have nothing to do and link to something she cannot change, which is her race and ethnicity, you shouldn't be on the show because you can't do an ensemble cast and you don't get to make that call. 
you're not producing the show. So if you're producing the show and you want to make it an all white cast of blonde people, because that's who you get along with. Awesome. But if they can not rotate that chair and put someone else in there and you can't think of any other problem to have with that person other than something they cannot change, which is literally how they were born. Yeah. You can't do this job and then you, you should be fired. I, I got I, I love Tiffany Moon so much. I think she has added so much. And usually with those people on Bravo, you know, Bravo really, I don't know if it was on purpose or a directive, you know, they usually now are bringing somebody in to teach the ladies, you know, how to behave around, you know, people of different ethnicities and things like that. It's like a, grown you know, women. It's it, but amazing. It's, but it's imagine the you guys listen, imagine the burden that like on poor Tiffany or poor Leva from Southern Charm, where it's like they want to be people too. They want to be lying, manipulated, and asshole. Like they want to be able to have their own storylines. Yes. They're, they're getting they're getting stopped by having to teach people basic basic things that I learned at a very young age. So it is weird that they still end up shining because I find Tiffany wildly uh, hysterical and funny and interesting, even away yes. from any of the Asian storylines, because, you know, it's like, you got to get into like, okay, this is somebody that loves Excel spreadsheets. This is somebody that wants her house perfect. Yes. This is somebody, her daughters are hysterical. She actually has a She comes job. home one day and her kids are on like a first grade level of reading and she had no idea. Like, it's one of those things that's like, this is relatable content. She's like, oh, wow. Okay. And she makes a joke about it and then goes into her room and cries to her husband about it. That's relatable. That's the kind of stuff that people really want want to see and then it's getting overshadowed by her having to educate this person every, be the every be the week, stand in yeah. from the first episode she has to be the stand in for the entire asian community which is like the largest community on earth and be like we all accept your apo- apology brandy and then brandy for of all people to say i can't be myself yeah, around yeah. you well, you guys, if you're not what watching does Dallas, that even I, mean? If you're not watching Dallas, I really recommend you do this season. Just don't expect anything, and I think you're going to be surprised. Brandy in the last episode, you guys, literally at the end. This has happened multiple times this season, but at the end, it like tells Tiffany that she's scared. Like, can I be myself around you? I'm just so scared of saying the wrong thing and all this, and it comes off so horribly because Tiffany's like. No, Brandy, I don't think you're racist at all. I, I really But think she's also like, what have I done to make you feel like, nothing. like it, nothing? Tiffany is minding her business being a rich, pretty bitch, right? Which is exactly what she thought she signed up for. Yes. To be on she's a show about rich, her pretty wealth. bitches. Flaunt her wealth, flaunt her purses, flaunt her car. And Those she has a lot of them. Why are There's we so not focusing purses. on that? So, I mean, I love that all of her scenes also take place in her closet most of the time, if it's at yes. her house. Good. Um, uh, but the Brandy thing is just so interesting because now Brandy is off the show. She has made sure she's not uh, let us know that she's not coming back. And it is so weird. Bummer. This course around all of this, um, because, you know, you, you see some people like, oh, did she get chased off? Did she get like, let, let me remind everybody, Brandy, like Brandy did this to herself. And Brandy also was potentially or, or kind of fully forgiven, even if she might not should have been for like making the racist, uh, making the, the Asian videos that she had made, making fun of Asian accents and, and doing facial uh, gestures. I I mean, I thought she started off with a pretty clean slate this season after Thank she you. apologized. I mean, that's, and the thing was, I'm not, I'm not hating on Brandy completely. I, I kind of was like, that's horrific. And then saw the first episode was like, okay, this person says she's suicidal because of what happened. Uh, the internet must be a really cruel place, even though she, d- she chose to, to do, deal in the internet when people choose to it was mainly because she doubled down on the internet i mean i get i'm not you know not to dismantle you know her own suicidal ideation i hope she's getting the help and she's getting the stability that she needs during this time and the peace 
But she went to what I like to call racist rehab because it was wellness center. It wasn't like a rehab or anything like that. It was like a, like a well, like a health spa. Like that's what it was. But she's going because she didn't let up. When it got resurfaced, her initial reaction was not to apologize. So I'm sure the internet was very cool because the internet is full of assholes, but they really get assholian when you tell them, like a bunch of people who were like, hey, we're offended by this. You don't know how to take a joke. That's the wrong answer. Like that's just, it's to either say nothing or go, I'm sorry that I offended you. Not if, it's clear. Because I hate when people say if, what I teach my kids. You can't say, I'm sorry if I upset you because this person is saying, hey, I'm upset. So by definition, we've already established they are upset, they are offended. So I'm sorry that I offended you. And then to me, I just followed Dr. Moon's lead. Dr. Tiffany was cool after the apology. She had the conversation with her. And I was like, okay, great. So they're good. We're moving on because I'm following her lead. I'm not Asian. I'm offended by what happened. But if she says she can deal with this on this set and wants to stay here, I'll continue to watch and support. And then for you out of nowhere to be like, well, I'm too anxious to make a joke. Maybe it's because you make racist jokes. Like maybe you should just look inside yourself. But what does that have to do with Dr. Moon? That has nothing to do with her. You mentioned about, uh, I think, I don't know what the word word. Did you use racist rehab? What did you do? Yeah, that's what what I call it. Well, well, you know, I I mean, racist rehab, if you are a racist rehabber, you, your business is booming this year. Like you, like, I mean, everybody needs one. All of a sudden we had Saucy. We even have Chris Harrison from The Bachelor who is essentially- Yeah, we'll check him in. Supposedly, but he's supposedly taking classes. He's supposedly taking, which I always want to believe, like, who is, like, how many teachers do we have out there are, you know, like, uh, by the way, you should do this, money. You should be, and then be on the, like, you should be. <laughs> I'll write the curriculum. Yeah, you write the curriculum and all that stuff. But like, are you still, uh, are you still following The Bachelor? Oh, of course. I'm so excited for Fantasy Suites. Oh, the, to, the guys, this yeah. tonight, well, this will already happen. We're going to air this tomorrow on Tuesday, but he potentially banged three women uh, at the Fantasy Suites. This is the the episode that happens, right? I'm very excited or about Fantasy to. Suites. And then, um, yeah, we'll get the finale pretty soon. So Lana, you really like it. him? You like this guy? No. I don't like that. He's, <laughs> no. such, a, he's such a drip. He's good. I looking, have there's nothing very, else there. I have so many strong feelings about about um what is his name? Matt. See, there it <laughs> See? is. See, so, I <laughs> already forgot his name. I, I have a lot of opinions on why I think they even chose him. I think he was a lot more tolerable if they were gonna go in the direction of you know having the first really person of color and almost ever. But they had um, that one great guy from the a couple seasons ago that was awesome, a fan favorite. Mac Johnson. Yes. I'm still, this is, I've told Aaron very many times, Aaron Hill from Getting Cozy. I will die on the hill that it should have been Mike Johnson. I don't care what your issues are. But he was a fan favorite. I mean, like, yes. what, you have it already. You bring in this guy that has no connection to Bachelor Nation, which I'm so ashamed that I'm even just saying Bachelor Nation. But he doesn't have any connection. Yeah, he doesn't know how this Nation. works. You need to know how the job, it's like someone who comes to the interview and gets the job and they've never dealt, like, they're coming from, like, you know, a carpets and they're doing food industry. This is not the same thing. Like we don't, you don't know anything about this world. You don't, you have to know how to do this job. And one of the reasons that they continuously pick people from past seasons and recycle through, you know, bachelor spinoffs and franchise shows is because they understand how it works. So they understand that maybe every pick that they pick each week won't be someone they're directly interested in, but they need content for the show while they're out here trying to like make connections or whatever. If he doesn't understand that, of course, 
one night he's sending home six women, which happened two weeks ago. Six girls went home in one night. That's unheard of. Like, I don't even remember their names. We didn't really get a chance no. to, you know, to connect with any of them. I, 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 I gotta tell you, I think I know one of the girls last name. Cause she was in trouble with the, uh, the, the plantation party McConaughey or something. Kirk, Kirk. See, I don't even, I don't, yeah. remember, this, this season, I bet like, I almost forgot Chris Harrison's name. It's so bad. You know, like it is. I'm almost positive that she wins, but you're yeah. But by the way, that's why I think ABC, ABC was in such a predicament. I think that's where, yes. I think that's why they had Chris Harrison even go out and speak because who, well, they've never done that. And the best way that I can like kind of, compare why they even did it this time is because uh fuller um victoria from pete season victoria fuller got in trouble with some confederacy things and some things that she modeled for and she got her yeah yeah yeah. she got her winnings from the show pulled like she was going to be on the cover of a magazine and it was going to air that night and they were like yeah girl we want nothing to do with that we are absolutely not going to air that magazine cover and so that happened they never went on about it and she was like top three or four like she went to the hometowns and everything so they never said anything about it she wasn't invited they just kind of swept it under the rug i think they're very upset and concerned that the very first black bachelor is going to make the winner a racist white woman who went to a plantation (laughs) party when she was in college like oh girl you said you were excited for tonight so what are you excited for because i'm still watching it by the way but i can tell you i'm not excited so like i'm i don't know why i'm still watching it but i'm I'm not excited excited because I, it's been a, I really want, I've never heard Brie talk until she made it to the top four. So I'm excited to finally hear her talk. Also, I love Michelle. I think that she should, she's my winner, even though I know she probably doesn't win. She's my winner. I love seeing her as a teacher. It's been a while since the teacher has won. I love seeing her kids talk to him. I really enjoyed the way he interacted with her kids and the way I think that she would be the best pick. Um, because of that, because she challenges him, but she's, uh, she has a great life and it seems like she does really great work and she's a really good woman. And I love that about her, but also I love the game of will they, won't they? Like, I love to see where they told the line of like the political of people watching like the politics of bachelor of like, how much will middle America like or dislike if this man sleeps with three women or two women or one person? Because, <laughs> you know, Hannah Brown slept with one man and still got labeled a hoe. You know, Caitlin Brown slept with more than one man and it was like the worst season ever. But then the men can sleep with anywhere. It seems like two is the magic well, I number feel, for the men. I feel, yeah, but I do feel like that. It, that's that's down from an average of like four, 10 years ago. Like, I feel yeah. like it was way more accepted. Like, I feel like we are moving in the right direction with that. But like, I, I just, I don't know. There are still things that make me crack up. Like, and I loved the Claire and Dale season because I dislike Claire and Dale so much. Like I love uh-huh. watching it because that was such a mess. And then I love when Taisha came in and she played ball. She was a great bachelor. She was an amazing bachelorette. She, she played so, the game. So I thought it was a perfect season. Cause you had this mess, the mess. And it then you had mess. Taisha. So, and then you also had the summer camp vibe of like having to like make like, this is our exotic location. And we made a taxi out of wood, you know, like, yes, I like that. I like that. You know, I, I definitely liked Claire and Dale season more i appreciate it more now in hindsight because they gave us so much more to work with than what we have right now um i'm just gonna say i knew i know this would not have happened if it was mike johnson season if it was mike (laughs) johnson we probably would know at least six women by name i don't i could not tell you who went home i don't we did women tell all and i was like who was that 
When did you, you know see what? her? Did you? I mean, but also I do have to say, and sorry if I'm offending anybody there. If you memorize every one of these contestants, that's an issue as well. Like you should People do though. I know some girls. I do. I know some of those very amazing, sweet sorority girls who never really let go of that life. And even though they're well out of college and they still have like pizza or charcuterie night and wine night, the, the premiere and the finale, and they follow every single girl and like the top 12 on Instagram. Every I, I mean, that, their Instagram followings are so huge. It's so wild. Eventually, like, you know, it's like Bachelor Nation is going to get too full where they need to like, I feel like eventually they need to kick people out of Bachelor Nation. Like you're not- Well, they pulling, need to recycle. Or they have I to pay I think they dues. should start bringing people back. Like they you should start bringing them pay, back. You have to pay dues to get in Bachelor. Like you should have to pay yearly dues to stay a part of Bachelor Nation. And Bachelor Nation should unionize. <laughs> they should unionize at one point. Like they need what do to you think? worry about the future. What do you think of the the theory that have it's actually Heather and Matt right now? People really want to believe this. I think they really want to believe anything other than it's Rachel that wins. No, it's Rachel because I think nobody you can see in all even Matt James's statement that he waited a couple days. Like you can see that like they nobody really knows how to deal with this and they didn't plan on dealing with this. Mm-hmm. So everything is so kind of like not half-assed, but kind of just on the spur of its it's like, oh shit, we got to deal with this. And then, you know, Chris Harrison tried to take the firm, like I'm the daddy, you know, like this is what's going on. And he like, tried to Andy Cohen it and you yes. can't, only Andy well, can Andy. I just, I mean, I find now that the fascinating story of somebody potentially losing their job of like one of the sweetest gigs in Hollywood. I say this every week of just like how he knows too. You can see the panic in his eyes of like, jobs aren't promised to people. Like just because you're there 20 years and the fans like sort of love you don't mean that you get to stay, you know, like that right. does not mean they replaced them for and, after the final row. Somebody else way, is going to do it. Guess what? If, if he doesn't come back, that show is saving a lot of money. That show is saving $7 I hear million dollars a come year. Back. Seven he, million. Yes. So that's, but uh, he is going to come back, but also I'm hearing like, but just think about that. He is coming back, everybody. But now it's like a thing in production's mind. It's a thing in ABC's mind. It's a thing of like, well, we could shave $6 million off this budget. Like, we could potentially go a different route. It is something you don't want to give people ideas. You don't want to give production ideas because they're usually like, it's like, okay, this is what I wanted to start going into too is Princess, uh, the uh, Meghan Markle Harry interview is like mm. Bethany. Bethany was on Twitter yesterday, kind of <laughs> acting like she acting inv- a fool. She invented reality shows. She invented the housewives. She's kind of acting. And it's like no one person, no one housewife is bigger than the show. Would you agree with that? Um, actually I would, because the only argument that I'd ever make would be Nene. And that's because, but that still doesn't necessarily get funded because Atlanta is still such a dynamic cast. And that's why, I mean, yes, she did to me. She built it. Um, okay. I could hear people automatically arguing back, maybe Jersey, because I I just had this conversation with Samaj because whether you hate Teresa abysmally or you love her, if you hate her, you simply don't watch because there's no other pool there. And if you love her and she left, there's no other pool there. And one of the problems that I've had, even with Jackie so far, is that I want to like her and I don't love Teresa, but it's the constant, like, are we going to let her do this? Are we need to dethrone her? I'm like, okay, sure. But you're not the one to do it, girl. You're too 
normal. Teresa will not be going anywhere regardless no. of what. I mean, she just won't. I mean, she went can, to prison. We can, she, we, I mean, we can scream all we want, but like, it's one of those things. Where it's, it's a bigger case of even what I was talking about with uh, Carrie is that, you know, she might be the villain this season, but you need a villain. Like, so like right. barring her killing somebody, like her murdering somebody, then I, I mean, she's safe. And the thing with, you know, like Jackie, Jackie should not hitch her wagon to the Teresa train because that's an unwinnable battle. Well, when you, you know, she's not on the cast trip and we're seeing her cut her kid's hair. I'm like, no, I'm good. I don't need to see this. Yeah. And then she's like, oh yeah. And they, they needed me. I'm like, they didn't need you to cut their hair. They could wait two more days. So it's the same thing with the Chris Harrison. Don't give production a reason to see that you don't need to be there. You right. know, the cast trip is still, I mean, by the, I'm not loving this last couple episodes of Jersey. I love no. the first episode, but you know what? It's also one of those things that everybody has to learn as Bravo audiences. You don't, you don't judge by a couple of episodes ever, you know, like things do turn around. Things are designed that they way. They absolutely do. But um, yeah, no, I agree with you, Bethany. I think it has, uh, I love that she talks so much. She's actually become so much more unlovable off the show because we're now seeing her talk without context. And that also goes to show how much everyone around these women on Housewives are monsters. Because I think New York is such is full of so many monsters, especially a Ramona, that Bethany was a fan favorite for so many years for a lot of people because she was a voice of reason. She was witty, had quick comebacks. And everybody around her is not going to challenge her thoughts on anything important because they're not thinking that much better about anything themselves. So we didn't know Bethany had these thoughts and lines of thinking and that they were problematic because... We're like, oh wait, you're dealing with Sonia and Ramona. That that that's a task in and of itself. So yeah. we're just having fun with that. And now she's off of it, and we're like, oh, we really actually don't care for what you have to say, girl. Well, you can we be also quiet. don't. We don't need your opinion on everything. Like, I mean, yeah. I guess that's who. Like, also, what you're, are you? <laughs> you're a bit. You're a businessman. I mean, you're a business person. Like, why would you even? I mean, are you that desperate for attention or, I mean, and then to bring up like some, like to kind of rip Megan's, like her, her hustle, her money, her access. I'm like, Bethany, we watched you beg. We watched, Hello. we watched you beg. We watched you try to get into every social circle you can. You did things that were embarrassing for us to watch, but we knew in the end it was because you believed in yourself and your brand, which was fine. But now to have that same attitude, once you've made it to actually knock another woman uh, on the eve of, of uh, Women's International Day, you know, like, yes. to, I mean, and then to give Harry the pass, we're like, oh, you're really showing your ass now. She's like, I 100% give Harry a full pedal kick. So just say you want to fuck her husband and go. So, but like, what is that? Goodbye. I mean, there also is that thing that she, uh, she had potentially tried to date Meghan Markle's ex-husband uh, that came out yesterday right. as well. But what do you think is it, do you think it's a Bethany is just a loud mouth thirst monster or B Bethany is a loud ass thirst monster, but she also wants, um, she also knows this is going to get her numbers up and get people talking about her. Um, and it's, and I, it's very calculated. It's calculated. I think that Bethany is just a loud mouth thirst monster. And she absolutely just thinks that she can say and do whatever she wants. Um, we saw the same thing. And when she's, she proudly does it. I do think that she is aware that it can help get her numbers up because she said the most controversial, like really outlandish opinions about the, the whole Cardi B's WAP song and everything where it's like, <laughs> you can also just turn it off, but no, she had to talk about it. She had to promote it. She took the clip of her speaking on it and like posted it to Instagram. Like she was being the thirst monster and asking for this attention because it does promote it to the top. It doesn't people want to listen to it. She's definitely coming from the, the vein of, you know, all press 
is good press and like all I don't th- I think this might be where she crossed the line this and will time will tell but I think that she's definitely just a loud mouth thirst monster who is calculated though because it seems like she's coming from like the old school PR rep of like all press is good press and things like that but in cancel culture which I'm not a fan of but it definitely happens especially when you what audience are you going for because the middle-aged millennial and up mom crowd that loves to go to Target on the weekends and has two toddlers. They love this interview and they love Megan and they watch. Oh, I the know Royals. it is. It is. They fun. grew up with them. So who are you going after? Because if it's the young girls and the young people, we don't like that energy and it's a little too much for us. So I don't know. You're pissing off everybody. It seems like around you. You, you almost get the slight feeling from Bethany's that she put it out there thinking that people were going to like. Yeah, you know what, Bethany, you're right. You're speaking truth to power. That's what I think as well. And then she really quick realize like oh my god people really love megan and people really love that this interview is happening um and by the way they want to know what's up i think it's oprah i think it was a masterful interview the only complaint i had was the amount of commercials in it but of course you have to do that it was just like every you gotta pay oprah every seven minutes you you had a commercial other than that like i thought it was so great it was so I love TV events like, you know, the Golden Globes got a third of the ratings that Harry and Meghan did. And, you know, that used to be a television event. And now but this is what we need. Like this is I I feel like more a part of communities like this. I'm not even a royal fan, but I was like, I want to be a part of this. And now I'm fully in because I'm like, these people are backstabbing each other like this. These people are saying crazy thing about Archie's skin. These people like I was like, now I'm in. I'm fully in on the royal. Yes. And I feel like such a basic bitch because I am now so deeply invested in Harry as an individual. I love him so much now. I'm like, you protect your woman. Yes. Like I am rooting for them in a way that I have never rooted for any one thing or in, like, I'm not a sports person, but it does feel a little (laughs) bit, it feels a little bit even like reminiscent of housewives. Like I'm rooting for this comeback. I'm rooting for them to have their comeback season and everything. And for them to like go out on their own and change it up. Like I'm rooting for them and I really want it to go better for them. I mean, that is a very, to me, that is exactly a very similar way as I look at it. But I wonder if that is inspired by how we watch TV now and how we watch housewives is that we make a villain, we make a hero. We hope that everybody is like, okay, we, I hope Harry and Megan win. I hope, you know, and all of a sudden we, we put these, or, you know, even there's like, you know, what, five seasons of the crown on Netflix, which I'm, right. I'm going to, I'm going to start digging into, um, which I really said I would never do. Um, so <laughs> I'm sorry to myself. For Have you ever gotten out. on the Bridgerton train? I know Fuck, that you no. were, no, no okay, I, am, I will not do it. Good for you. That is different. The <laughs> The crown is different because the crown is supposedly based on historical thing. Bridgerton yes. is just supposed to be like it's in the same time period, but they're just all horny. Yeah, it's based on a book series, so people yeah, really I don't, love that. I book don't read series. anymore, so I don't love that. And that's book why series. they put it on Netflix. <laughs> people uh, don't read, but yeah, it's it's more like about like the it's like the what's fascinating is to know that like the royals and like the monarchy does have like a eligibility season like they call it like the london season and that's something that was fun to learn so it's fun to learn like the nuances i guess of what it is to be a royal but also could say bridgerton does at least back up that i would want no parts of it like it's good to watch but i'm good on that i want nothing to do with all that status jumping and everything and like i'm fully understanding of why megan's like like, i'm good 
we got housewives. Like we don't need too many other like dramas, True. especially period dramas. Like, I mean, thank God we don't have a period version of real housewives. I mean, I'm sure they'll make Ooh. it someday, but I mean, I always tease mainly Bravo because be she's so mainly Bravo. So horny for that lead guy, Jean Valjean. Or oh Jean, my gosh. She Jean Jean loves Jean. him. The Duke. The Duke. Yeah. I mean, like she's so horny for him and I tease her all the time because it's just like, I mean, go for it, shoot your shot. But I mean, I, I just, I won't watch Bridgerton. I support your love of him, but I just, I won't, I won't do it. Yeah, um, I mean, it's good, but I, as I like to be, I don't like when people, I don't like missing a train. So yeah, I, I always mean, get on see, it. That's why I jumped on the real Megan and I watched the interview. I made yes. a point to watch it. Um, did you also love that Dorinda uh, backed up Bethany? Was like, because Dorinda's so far up Bethany's ass, Dorinda yes. Medley. She was like, it's on, I think it's on at the same time as 60 Minutes, which by the way, it's not. It's on the same network. I won't be watching <laughs> at Bethany. And I'm like, Bethany, like, Dorinda, don't, don't do this. Don't attach your, your wagon to Bethany just because she's Bethany and she's yelling louder than everybody else, you know? Because both of you are unemployed, thanks. Yes. And, I th- and then- like neither have- of you are going to come back. Then we have Countess Luann, who then wakes up this morning at like 5.43 a.m. and tweets, um, amazing interview, hashtag Megan and Harry and misspells Megan wrong, and um, an amazing job, Oprah, which I'm like, great, Luann giving it up. She's actual royalty herself, so that's amazing. Um, but did you ever think every housewife known to man would comment on Megan and Harry? Like, I'm seeing comments everywhere about this. Yeah, I didn't. I'm it's it's amazing because it's like they feel the need to say it to themselves, I must address this. It's like actually no, you don't have to. Like nobody said you That's had a, to. I mean, no, it's like you don't have to release statements. It's not like I don't wouldn't ask. This has nothing to do with you. So I didn't ask. You know what I want? I want Megan Markle to release a statement every time a housewife does something now. You know, like every I would like, like Megan every time. Markle to be on the housewives. I want her to be Beverly Hills. I think she'd she really, have to fit in. She kind of, I mean, do you see, like, I was shocked not following the Royals at all, like, how well-spoken she was, like, she is, like, she's so Well, I wasn't, because I used to watch Suits, so I used to love her show, <laughs> so I knew she was very talented. Yeah, I don't, I don't know really her, except for- Oh, it was such a great, 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 great show, and I remember being, like, she was my favorite on the show. She did a beautiful job acting. She always acted much like how she is, I guess, in real life, maybe, from what I saw in the interview, as if everything was so, like, easy- she would make things like everything that she would speak was with like with exhale. And I really enjoyed that about her. Like she would talk even through the most difficult like scenes and the hard topics on the show as if it still was not something she would not raise her voice. It's still an exhale. Like everything is like, and it was it's calming. And I'm like, this woman has some, some, so when she got with Harry, I was one of the people, you know, because I actually love USA television. I was like, <laughs> wow, I can't believe he got her. Like, that was my opinion. I was like, good for him. Like, <laughs> Who's this Harry guy that got Yeah, win? I was like, I know who he is. And I was like, oh, good for her. Good for him. To me, it was an equal matchup because I was like, she's a good, she's a good, she's a great actress. So good for him. But, you know, good for her. What were your big takeaways from the interview? What surprised you? What did you like? What you didn't um, like? I wish I would say, okay, so I knew that there was like racism things. I was like not shocked by that. Like, and what's funny is people are very shocked as if like Britain or like the UK isn't like the actual, like when we when people say colonizers, like this is who they're talking about. Like, this yeah, is the mean, original. They, they, they ruled over colonized Africa, right? Right. I mean, this is like the original version. Like everything started with Europe. <laughs> 
<laughs> you guys are o- you guys are OG. You, you they o- are the OG of the OG of the RA. So, yeah. In fact, I'm more impressed when people from there and stuff are not racist and they're like just classes or something. <laughs> I'm like, oh, that's great. We could be friends. I, like you know. I love, I love that, that. we once again giving credit to the most minimal thing. Yeah. Yeah, it's like I mean, because I mean, I never expect much. I'm mean, I'm sorry. Like I'm like okay, great, but to learn the magnitude and like how like you know to you know i don't want to like spoil it for anyone if you haven't watched it yet so spoiler alert but like the whole having a conversation with the husband as if that's somehow going to go over better that like we're concerned about the complexion of your children oh like, in the sense that the royal family was going to harry instead of megan about those things right it's like wow what did you think that he the white man was going to be like you're right we probably shouldn't have kids with the woman I'm marrying that yeah. I love. Like, oh my sure. God. I, I wish I had known this earlier. I, 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 I'm so sorry. I feel, I mean, like, by the way, adorable. Do, do Charles, who do you think that was? Oh, I, I probably, yeah, absolutely. I think that's why he won't, he's so tight lipped about like the details of that conversation. Cause I think it was like full on, like uh, or he has to compartmentalize or he won't even love his own family, which I understand. I, I loved learning what the actual relationship was between um, Kate and Megan, because everyone was, you know, very much under the idea of like, they hate each other. I thought Kate was probably a bitch. And then to learn that that's actually not the case. And that she's fully capable of apologizing. Well, Kate can never be a housewife. So I'm like, that's good news. I like that for them. I love to learn that the queen is actually very lovely to, to her. These are things that did shock me because I'm like, okay, so it must be them. I loved learning that like the two, their two entities are technically separated. So they're his actual royal family. And can you hear me? Yeah, totally. Yeah. Okay, great. Yeah. There's his actual royal family, family, and then there's like the company, like the brand, like yes. the entity of uh, the royal family see, that makes the money. Money. This is what fascinates me is that I almost started relaying it to the housewives in terms of bravo, bravo, fucking bravo. Right. When you actually start giving us a peek behind the curtain. It yes. Becomes- for me at least quadruply fascinating because that's what you you're like. Oh, I'm getting to know the real thing. Like the company behind the Royals. I mean, to think that they have an HR department that Megan was saying, I raised yes. my complaints to me. That is wildly fascinating. And something yes. that, like, it's like you guys, it's the same with housewives. It's like, realize where we're at. We're growing as viewers. We're very intelligent and we can handle knowing that there is a production and that a lot of this is artifice Mm -hmm. and ceremony, you know? The fact that the royal family as the entity is afraid of like the Daily Mail is mind-boggling to me. I love the fact that Daily Mail got name dropped so much. I was really uh, proud and horrified since I read it every day. When he told us that like the British tabloids and them have like an agreement and that the royal family is petrified of them turning on them. And Oprah is like me. She's like, how can they turn on them? They're, it's it's them. Wait, they're the royal family. He's like, no, they can. And they're worried about that. They would tell her to lay low. I'm like, what is going on? So really, I'm mad at the tabloids and the royal family, the entity, like the business, instead of the actual family that we see. They are just the, like, they're just the faces of. They have yeah. nothing to do oh, with the actual decisions. See, that's what it made. It was just like, you know, Harry and Meghan kept saying of like, you know, well, you do your job. You put a smile on your face, you wipe away the tears and you go out there and you do your job. And it really does seem like an actor. It seems yeah. like an actor, you know, you don't choose your auditions. You go in, no matter what happened in your personal life, you give it the best you can because that's your job um, and that's it. And it really, there was such a coldness. And that's why I've always felt about the Royals anyways. And kind of like, cause it always seems so 
cold to me that it not a lot of warmth you know right and, yes uh so i was just blown away by the peak behind the curtain and somebody yes. put, put it this way of saying um well it's like the ultimate love story too because harry left you know all of this harry left all of this for his love and then somebody i read this and i loved it it was like oh you you could also look at it as like she saved him she saved him from this monolith this huge you know this thing that he to get out to be a sane man that can raise his family in the way he wants to raise it. Megan yeah. saved him as much as he saved her. So I thought that was, yes. I thought that was really uh, a fascinating way to look at it. And I have to give him a lot of credit because I can't imagine the PTSD of like watch of knowing what, of what happened to his mother and experiencing that at an age that he can remember and watching the tabloids and stuff when it wasn't even as big of a deal yet, rip her to shreds and, and be like so critical of her and she not be able to handle it and sustain it at times. And then to feel the foreshadow of like, I know what I went through and I survived, but now my son who he has first might have to survive the same thing. Like I can't, bl- I wouldn't, I- I'm surprised he lasted as long as he did, honestly, because uh, I'd be sh- the first, I'd be on the first train out. I was shocked how well-spoken they both were like he and, and confident, but not cocky. Like they, you know, Harry like did not seem cocky. He seemed confident. He said, you know, even in the, he goes, yes, it's very sad, but you know, time heals all wounds, you know, and yes. like he didn't fully badmouth anybody. He wouldn't say the name, like you said, he wouldn't say the name of the person that asked about the color of Archie's skin. Um, and he handled things really professionally, which I was like, oh, well, you've, you've definitely been groomed for this. But then I was surprised to hear Megan um, saying that, there were no classes that she was having to memorize songs and try. Mm-hmm. So she wouldn't look like a fool to people or even how to right. you know, she was just out there on her own. And I think that, you know, for, for how long, uh, again, I'm very proud and like amazed at how long she and he lasted for as long, you know, as they did, because it would be hard for, if you put yourself in that situation for, you know, none of us would ever be, it's easy to judge them. But like, think about, especially people who are in relationships or have kids, what would you let yourself like, how long would you let it go down this way before it becomes an impactful on your significant other or your kid? If your parent, your wife or something is telling you, I don't know how long, if you leave me by myself here, I don't know what I'm going to do. Like what, it, like, what do you even do? Other, do you really, the fact that they lasted as long as they did, I think is very commendable, but it seemed like it was only a matter of time. And if they're reaching out for help and they're saying to the HR department and whatnot, we would like help and the help, the help that they're given is lay low and we're actually going to take away your security. We're going to make you more vulnerable to the public. We're going to make you even less protected. Who do like, it's like, okay, so then why am I here? But yeah, we're now we're flesh and blood. And you know, now you're like, we could get murdered. I mean, we could get in today's society. And they take it from the actual prince, like the actual man who was well, like, but he said it himself. He's like, I inherited the risk. So it's, oh, I never they would take it away from me. And they're like, we're making such a fuss and stink in the sand about this that we're taking it from you too. It's like, are you okay? Well, well you relax. He was very nice in regards to how we spoke about Her Majesty the Queen and that, you know, we're very friendly. We talked more this year than we ever have. But I'm like, how are you friendly? Like, she could pull the trigger on, like, you still get security. It seems like a really easy thing for the Queen to do of like, Oh, this is the wrong way. We're of course going to pay your security. The, the The royal family is not going broke. So the fact that they were actually bringing up it as a fiscal issue is uh-huh. insane Cute. to me. I mean, what? 
Right. For for Megan and her one child at the time when Kate has what two? Like almost three. Like, what what this what? Like, what is Real, it? Real house I mean, Giselle had more security at that sit down with uh KB than than they okay, got, you know? Jin Shaw. <laughs> like oh. the amount it takes more security to secure people from Jin Shaw than it does to secure Mary Egg. Harry and Megan's wait, children wait, 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 in life. Wait, how much longer do you got? Because I wanted to ask. Oh, you, good. You okay, no, I'm good on time. I, I mean, well, you just mentioned Jen Shaw, and now I'm like, I got to get your opinions on uh, all the Jen Shaw leaked audio and happens. video because I, I haven't talked about this because another video got released uh, in the like four, last four days or something where it was the video of it of her freaking mm-hmm. out. What are your thoughts? And and let me present this in a way of. I watched that third reunion and when she said the issue of uh, it's very dangerous when you bring up a colored woman and say like bully or aggressive, uh, it's a very dangerous thing, you know, and she was like, you know, yelling and crying. And my initial thought was, wait a sec, isn't she like the most aggressive housewife I've ever seen? And didn't she start all of these fights? Um, right. I was really confused. I was like, okay, so wait, this is. Wait, what is true? I mean, like, what what are your thoughts? What's the argument here? And I have gotten this question a couple of times. And what I think happened is that in in, in the entire goal being to deflect, that was the whole point of her. That's what it read. That's what it read like. But I want to make sure. Right. Yes. It was all of it was about deflection. But in her way of doing that, she took a experience that is native to her and meshed it with a co-opted experience of a black woman, which she is not. And she made it both as if they were interchangeable, which it's not, but she also made sure that they were not distinguishable because they, everybody else in the room with the exception of Mary, but Mary doesn't know what the fuck is going on. Everybody else in the <laughs> she's room. Eat, is, she's eating is, fake snow. She Mary's exactly. trying to get fake snow. Yeah. Everybody else in the room is white. All right. So they're, what are they going to do? Argue with a woman of color about a woman of color's experience. Like we saw her do no. it more than once. She did it with Lisa Barlow at that, that luncheon when they like met up after Vegas. And she's like, you know, you know, it's been hard for me because this is my reasoning for why I am how I am. And what I think is really what needs to be taken away is not just that she co-opted the black experience, though she is not a black person. She does think that she is like black by association, but just because she's seen it firsthand and probably does get confused for it. I would say that actually has more to do with her family, like her actual family, than the the lack of population of black people. I've had a lot of people from Utah reach out to me and say that actually Tongan people is like the second largest population there or something like that. Like the Pacific Islanders are very, 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 like the... According to Wikipedia, the African-American population and the Tongan specifically population is like 0.3% difference of each other. So for every black person, there's also a Tongan person. So it's not like she's, un, it's, it's not like it's unheard of. It sounds like it's more so the ignorance of the people there who don't want to know the distinction than it is the lack of representation there. So that being said, I think that she wanted to, the whole point is to deflect. And what is most important to Jen is to explain why she is this way and explain why you can't judge her for it. It has nothing to do with apologizing or anything like that. Or it, Honestly, I don't even think it has anything to do with her, her actual experience because her yelling and being the aggressor in a situation doesn't have anything to do with the racism that the woman could or could not have. I don't know. They didn't give me an opportunity to judge them on being racist because we were never presented that we were never given that option. We saw Jin Shaw yelling at people, threatening bathtubs, flashing cameramen. And then people were going, I don't want you to threaten me. 
yeah. she's going, uh, yeah. but the thing is, you can't be mad at me for threatening you because I'm a woman of color. Like, that's like, actually you, not how that works. Whitney's like, you threatened to kill me, but you threatened to kill me. Like, it was yes, so- and, exactly. <laughs> and I said this on Sarah Galley's podcast to co when she did say that it's just like you know it, it, with black women it's hard you can't label us as the aggressive person when we say that and like with dr winnie it sounds like she just watched the potomac reunion and copy and pasted but when dr wendy is saying like labeling us as that when it's because it's when it's unwarranted it's not the best word but when you are when it's unwarranted and the way i'm it's me talking to you you don't like it you call me aggressive because you're not used to me being passionate that's unfair. We're not talking about a situation where like Dr. Wendy is actually throwing things at you or like you're splashing you. That's where that conversation came from. It's like when it's appropriate and when it's not appropriate, if someone is actually the aggressor, Jen is copying that line and pasting it to an argument where it doesn't work because her, the thing is she wants to avoid having to apologize. And the, the answer is not then to call everyone racist because they want you to apologize for threatening them. You were the aggregator of the situation. You were the aggressor there. Whether or not you want to be called aggressive, fine, we can respect that boundary. But it has nothing to do with like anything of the sort because I'm still looking at her very sideways from the summer where you know the audio is released where she said it's the same thing as having people having a foot or a knee on her neck. And she's comparing her experience to that of George, George Floyd. Floyd yeah. Because she's filming housewives. First of all, that's voluntary. George Floyd didn't volunteer for that. The only comparison you can make to George Floyd is having police brutality. That's the only that's the only time you can make that comparison. Otherwise, what are you talking about? Yeah, so I'm I looking mean, at you like, what are you talking about? You can't say it was Whitney brutality and that's the same thing. You it's know? not the same thing. Like them being upset that you are uh, causing these stir ups and these uproars and their friend group and stuff and throwing glasses and everything and you not wanting to apologize that's a different thing well, but it has nothing to do with whether or not they're racist we don't know that i'm sure that we could probably uncover some things maybe but we didn't that's not what we're being presented with it did reek of somebody trying to keep their job and not just apologizing saying yes. like well and, but you know what it, it's like the if like bethany said in her apology if people are offended you know instead of like i'm just sorry like you know if and you know what are, it did it gave me the same thing as kelly dodd at the reunion going i am black so so you can't apologize for being racist because you're black we're supposed to shut the fuck up got yeah. it great yeah. thank you like you're not that eight percent on there has not, is not the same thing uh, girl be quiet but it has nothing to do with that and that's the whole point is that jen shaw is she is a, a for what we're seeing I'd love to see what her argument would be about how she was, you know, treating her own employees. Like, what is well, that? Is, see, are they doing that the too? Part, that's the part that like really kind of stuck in my craw. And and by the way, there seems like there seems like a greatest hits album. These things keep getting released. Like everybody now has a Jen Shaw. So argument everybody is racist. Every time well, somebody comes in contact with Jen Shaw, they're well, racist because she's also, aggressive. So what blows my mind is that like, okay, so some of the behavior on the show, I was like, okay, this is somebody settling in. I kind of find this entertaining in a way. And you know what? This is a elevated version of probably who Jen Shaw is in real life. And then you see this and you're like, oh, no, that's exactly who she is, is who she's showing on the show. And 
it, that gets to us. It, it's no longer funny. It's scary because like I said, I think I said this last week, it's like, we all have had bosses that are like that. We have all had bosses or like, or people in our lives that are so unhinged at a certain point. And it's like, it's not funny. It's not scary. It's not something that's cute. It's not something that should be even like, I don't know. Like, I, I feel like it's almost crossing that line with me of like, wait, should she be given this platform to be out there and be fabulous and like, you know, be able to have this huge right. platform if that really is. And the fact that coach Sharif, I think he was in the one video where it's like, yeah. you, you know, exactly who you're checking is. on them. He like, knows that they're being like, uh, uh, verbally like, annihilated. So, I mean, I need to mo- know more about that relationship, which we saw a little bit pan out, but like, why now is we see why he's been, why, why he he's placating? been like, He's been handling her with kid gloves. Like when she was crying yes. on that bed and he's like, baby, baby, I yeah. will be here more. Like everything's like, what's going on with you? Like the, I, we honestly probably should have been aware when she threatened Whitney over him not coming home, which apparently he did not come home. He went to yeah. their house and he's like, she's like allegedly in a rental house. Which See, that's the thing. Everybody, everybody was like, how dare he just disappear for four days? No, he just went and to I'm his like, house. He didn't disappear. Yeah. <laughs> So she's like yelling at Wayne, like you've caused this in my marriage. It's like, no girl, you're, you caused this in his, in your marriage. And that boils down to the biggest issue I ever have just in life in general is people not taking responsibility. Nobody ever. And it gets worse and worse as the years go on. Or as I get older, it feels like nobody's just like, I am sorry. I do not know where my head is. I am. I am so sorry. This is so my fault or I did not do the work. I'm sorry. I did not do this. Nobody. There's always a, but on everything nowadays, nobody ever takes responsibility. Like nobody ever admits defeat. And I feel like sometimes you have to, to move on and to actually learn as a human being and to grow. I honestly think it's because people the people who never take responsibility is because they're already not cognizant of what they're saying and doing anyway. They don't think before they speak. They don't think before they act. So they feel like whenever they do do something, it's just a matter of opinion, whether or not it was offensive, wrong, bad. And they think that as long as they disagree that it was bad or offensive, it's okay. It's debatable. It has nothing to do with the impact because intent versus impact is something that I'm constantly thinking about, which is why I do choose my words carefully. I do try to, you know, look at a lot of different sides, even in the housewives being objective because that matters because that I'm a caring person, but they think that if they just simply say, well, I disagree that you feel that way because I didn't mean it that way, that it, it absolves them of having, you know, it, having to have culpability, culpability. They don't have to really think about it anymore. And that's just simply not what it, how that is meant to happen. But Jen is the epitome of that. She doesn't think about how she is because she wants to do everything under the guise of, well, I'm just being me. I'm just being real. I'm just who I am. This is what I'm supposed to do. I signed up to do a show. I'm supposed to be who I am. This is who I am. I can't change me. And then whenever you're like, but this is problemed for everyone else around you. It's like, okay, but you just don't understand me. And it's like, great. But what is me understanding you have to do with you hurting me? Like in the face, like, don't. I think even, and what's so, what's so, almost comical is that Jen Shaw now, like, you know, if you go to her stories, like she posted a Meghan Markle image of like, and no longer was she silenced. And I'm like, Jen, are you wanting us to, are you wanting us to believe that you have been silenced, that you are now finding your voice? Like I find that, 
at but any like time. Finding your voice, like you've had a voice, like you've yelled louder than any of the other housewives. You were the most talkative person on that show. I find it hysterical that I think everybody thought she was going to be the star because she was loud, and then how it shook out was like Heather and Whitney like kind of rose up, and nobody expected it. I love you. Never get a first season house. You only get a first yeah. season housewife show one in a million. So like it's fascinating to watch their power dynamics shift. Yeah, um, and now Lisa, even people are like, wow. She has a lot of complex. People thought she was going to be boring or whatever. She has like nothing to. She was like very like I'm perfect. And I thought I saw the potential immediately because I was like she's scripting what her husband says in his confessional. Yeah. Someone there's needs so many, there's, to look at that family more. There's so many intricacies and peccadillos that like I love that she does that. I love that she makes her kids make products to like exist in the household. That's I how love. she hangs out with her family is yes. to make another business. I, it's and, so and, like. I've said it before. It was so funny because she's talking about my my family wants me to spend more time with them. I want to spend more time with my kids. And she's talking about the business, which she's making to spend more time with them while at the aquarium, which is actually probably what they wanted to do to spend more time with her. Like while spending more time with her kids, she's like, well, the only way you're going to be able to sustain me in your life is if we build a business together. And I'm like, yo, but to me, that is, is fantastic. Like, that's, that's classic housewife. To me, that is like, it's like Dorit doing a Buca de Beppo room. Like the fact that like that is, that's because you, you know, we have people in our lives that are like that. To me, that, that is real. That is interesting. That is real. And let me point out, that is not um, uh, abusing someone. I mean, in a way you could say it's like, but it's not, it's not like, you know, uh, it's not doing any of the horrible things. Yeah, it's that, not like, really doing any, far, causing you know? any harm that our kids are going to like make extra money. We know that she's going to end up taking on the brunt of this business. And she's the kids seem like doing, good taking kids it over. Too. Yeah. And then she's going to put all the like money in a trust or something. They're going to be able to go to college and start their own business one day from it. So it's like, there's nothing wrong with it. I actually prefer her than the whole like Meredith and Brooks storyline. So I, I'm, I'm fully invested in the Barlow family. I thought oh, she had a see, great reunion. Did you see Brooks and Meredith both tweeted um, in the last couple of days where Meredith was like, she's like hashtag disgusted with humanity. And it was like a shot at like Jen Shaw uh, because of those videos that were released. And then Brooks uh, tweeted yesterday, um yeah you, karma like, or karma, something karma is a bitch or something and then now that wrote, one made me laugh he wrote afterwards he goes that last tweet was not in regards to anybody specific <laughs> that, I, that's that was funny. Kind of funny i um, love that about him i want to start as we start winding down i want to move to atlanta um because you love know that after you know I, I i would love your opinion on this i've watched all season i have found there are like highs and lows um but the bolo episode really will go down i've believe in like a top 10 housewives. I mean, it really is up there like with scary Island for me where I've watched it like three yeah. or four times. I think each, I think it had its moments like, you know, where you had that, um, you know, uh, Kenya Marlowe makeup at the end, you know, which was kind of pseudo emotional. Mm -hmm. You had like, just what, I mean, just, I'm talking batshit wild. Like I'm talking it's like nuts. I'm talking like candy's a mistress. There's vibrating. What things. happens in the dungeon state. I mean, I think his legs are wide that. open. There's a yeah. whip. And then there's a bolo. <laughs> I've never put vibrating panties on a friend and controlled them. You know, like I've never done that. And yet this happens and it's so, good, so realistic, so believable, so well done. And it almost was like, okay, the season kind of led to this. Um, yes. I guess my first question is who leaked the Bolo story to page six? That was last night's episode was a big focus of who leaked the story that all of a sudden came out, which I love that we lived through that where we, we saw when the story came out before the season started, we were a part of this, you know? 
Absolutely. It's my favorite headline ever. Everybody knows this about me. It is two Real Housewives of Atlanta get their peaches cobbled by a long dong stripper. <laughs> and when I saw it flash on that screen last night, I yelped, I screamed, I squealed, and I said, this is it. You, see, you, <laughs> you, you, you squealed like you were at Cynthia's bachelorette party. Exactly. Like, yeah. I think um, who I will say as far as Cynthia and the vibrating panties, I, the Gen Z millennial cusp in me, it was like, is this consensual? Is she okay with this? I just want to know. Like, I'm sorry. Like, <laughs> I just want to make sure she was cool with it. Like, did she know what she was signing up for? Yeah. Okay, great. Because we just put her in a swing and like had her open to everybody. And I was like, is she going to, is this okay? Is she okay? Like, and I was just like, oh shit, this is a yeah, lot. Yeah, they're, they're kind of like, you know, don't be auntie-ish, open your legs. Exactly. Your legs. And it's like, okay, at any point in time, I'm just going to like hit the button. Like she's not in a consensual relationship with Candy. So I'm just like, I don't know that what this we means. Know of, that we know of. Can we have some of the nuances explained? Thanks. But <laughs> um, I, I think who, I honestly, I think Kenya said that she thinks it was she's the one who said it was an inside job and that someone yes. probably took it to yes, someone. It yeah. And I think that was her doing a good degree of separation. I a thousand percent think that it was either her that leaked it or I would say Marlo because there's even more separation there. We don't know a lot of Marlo's friends. We don't know who her side people are who could have taken this, right? We know it would not have been Candy. I know it would not have been Drew because she was like painfully afraid of Ralph finding out anything more about I'm this. I'm painfully, I'm painfully afraid of Ralph finding yeah, out. Yeah, me too. I, I mean, like I was like, when when all this shit was going down, my first thought was Ralph. I was like, this is not good. Like this is not. I mean, she looked genuinely shocked when like, people, when they, it was revealed that like, you know, people knew stuff and it was like, being talked about. Because they genuinely did think that the cameras were going to be covered and it was all going to be fine. And let me tell you something. I don't want, this could only happen on Atlanta because they're a big enough franchise that has given us enough to work with over the years that if they cover their cameras, they still know how to deliver an episode. Don't all you other new bitches try this of Housewives. And by bitches, I mean you other franchises. That's like I'm We had an speaking, 80% orgy on uh, Below Deck Don't ever throw a, can- a, a something. Don't turn off no mics. Don't ask them to do it. They don't thought, disengage. Don't do it. Do not disengage. Don't do this on the new shows. And I mean, as new as anyone who is not Atlanta. Like anybody else, do not do this. But because they did this, I love the allure and the mystery of forever. Like what happened in Bolo House? Like what happened? What did, what went on? We hear Portia inviting him back. We see her twerking and then falling on her ass. So is she, was she even upright enough? Like we, I want to know what happened. And we know Tanya leaves the show and we She's done. I think that was her last, I think that was Tanya's last episode. The one we saw. I don't think she's coming back. You and love I'm when like, Tanya Damn. said she was having snacks in Portia's room. She was like, and well, I'm we like, were no. having snacks. I'm like, you idiot. Like, don't snacks. place yourself at the scene but of the also, crime. In the worst possible, like, like I've never gone to like, hey, do we have some snacks in your room before we go to bed? Like, I mean, what? Like, don't place yourself at the scene of the crime. I think to me, I believe Portia is covering for Tanya. That's what I believe. I think that that dog protests too much. Yes. You you think, okay. There's a moment when they're on the bed and they're talking to, I think either Drew or Shamia and they're talking about Portia is like, well, you know me, I'm single, but you're engaged and you have a fiance. So she's reminding the audience and everyone else 
why it can't be her because this person has so much to lose. So I think Portia is making sure that Ting is okay. And then as soon as Tanya put herself in the scene, she's like, girl, I can't now because I've had this brought up to me before. Portia to me doesn't seem like the kind of person that would actually lie about this. She could care less. She was single at the time. I think she would love to get back at Dennis a little bit. And in her confessional about it, she said, yeah, we all enjoyed, we all enjoyed various parts of Bolo and the entertainment that night. And I honestly think that was her way of being like, I'm having a good time. And I would imagine Portia would be okay with admitting that except for the fact that Tanya could be placed there. And I think that she wants to protect her friend. And I appreciate that of her. And that's why she got so mad that people are looking, like King is digging into this. Not people, it's Kenya. And I think Kenya wanted to- Not people, Kenya. I think Kenya wants to, because she knows it's Portia, she has an issue. I don't think she wants Portia to have fun and be happy. But how do you say what happens in the dungeon stays in the dungeon, everybody agrees, and then Kenya pulls her shit, which by the way, I think is great for the show. But like, it's, it's so- I mean, what what are your thoughts on Kenya? And I think Kenya leaked it. I think Kenya's the one. I mean, because Kenya is like in everybody's business. She's like, mm-hmm. she kind of all of a sudden, like, kind of lightly was slut shaming even after she was like writhing around on the floor. Yeah, like, I don't I mean, get why, that. I mean, was it, is this, this is just who Kenya is. It's not for the benefit of the, she's not going like, I'm producing content. It's like, that's who she deeply is, I believe. I think it comes down to, why I know it has to have had Portia involved. And I think the only person Portia would feel comfortable exploring and having a good time with in that way is probably Tanya because she knows that they have each other's back. I believe that that's probably why Kenya is having such an issue with this. I think there is such a jealousy of Portia that Portia gets to kind of choose if she wants to be single or not. Although I would argue it's not a choice if her man is just as big of a cheater and an asshole as anybody else's man, Portia kind of gets to be in this position of choice, right? She's like, he's pining after her Dennis's and she's like, no, she has her baby and she's a single mom, but everyone helps her, her mom, his mom, he does. The baby knows that she'll be taken care of. PJ is familiar with her dad picking her up. She has someone to leave him with or leave PJ with as soon as she leaves and it's someone that PJ is related to. Like she has a lot of help. And I honestly think that that really grinds Kenya's gears and she blames Portia for her misery in a lot of ways because and her bitterness, but not like her, like won't look in on herself. Like granted she's in therapy now, thank goodness, but she won't look into herself to figure out why it is that she can't stand seeing Portia happy or having a good time and why she needs Portia's validation either. Cause when they're at that restaurant and they're talking, Portia's not listening to her. She's like, I need to have your attention. And Portia's like, you can go ahead. They're not friends. So what difference does it make if Portia's listening to you or not? Why do you need her as your village? I think that there is something deeply bitter about Kenya. And I think that it gets exacerbated when she is in the presence of Portia and to know that Portia got to leave her baby at home with someone that made the baby can take care of the baby and is totally fine, happy and in her like loving home and everything. So Portia gets to go to this girl's trip, work, get paid, have fun, get drunk and possibly get laid. I could understand why that would piss someone like Kenya off. Well, I mean, and then this is like the last week's episode. We had Kenya and Toya having a conversation where Kenya admits she has a crush on Toya. 
which is like, what, what is going on there? Like, I mean, I, I feel like this is so fabricated. And like, if that was true, then why didn't Kenya try to make a move right there and kiss her? Like, why didn't like, and then this episode, that's not even brought up at all, which I think is a pretty big uh, revelation if that is true, you know? Why is it not focused it, honestly, on it Honestly, it continues to, you know, drive home my point that it is something that I think Kenya latched herself onto this LaToya train. I believe the Bravo producers are like, we need to have a younger cast. They have like 17,000 friends of right now. It's yeah, so yeah. fucking yeah, many. I mean, it, was, it is weird. It is like, it was so many. It's not the Bachelor weird, but it's weird, you know? It was Shamia, Tanya, Fallon, and then we have um, Marlo, of course, and Drew is new, and LaToya. So with the exception of Drew, that's about five or six friends of or new people to learn. Most of them, with the exception of Marlo, who we know, is like under the age of 40, and I think that is on purpose. Candy said it in a couple of episodes ago at Portia's um, Black Lives Matter party, you know, if I feel old, I know Cynthia feels old, right? It's almost like they're trying to phase out the cast and phase in these you, newcomers. It does, it does feel like that, and it does. Doesn't look like it? Times it really, and I even, you know, they 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 kind of melded perfectly in the Bolo episode, but before uh-huh. that and after that, it's like this is getting weird. Like it is like yes, it's two separate casts, and then they're even having fights with like Drew and Toya are fighting. We're not even involving a main cast member. We're doing two, you know, like yep. it's really. Yep. I mean, it really is. I mean, yes business move potentially but it is interesting and i think kenya hitched her wagon to latoya knowing this and in her mind if she has a fake crush and like a cute like little flirtatious relationship which i think they've had all season up until the bolo episode i saw it with kenya and latoya i was like oh they're oh they're trying to play with this idea of like having like a thing we're supposed to be like the will they won't they of this cast and that's never happened before Kenya, in her mind, to me, is like, they'll never fire me for at least this season and the next season if I am hitching myself onto this girl-on-girl action. They won't. They probably really wouldn't because LaToya and her, this will-they-won't-they, we'd want to see if that really happens. And I think the problem is she played the will-they-won't-they for so long, Portia kind of just like got in there. And she made out with Latoya. And I'm like, we're not even going to question it. We're just going to go for it. Well, so I feel like then, they should they, they should make they should make Kenya make out with Toya now. Like, you want to do this? You got to do this, you know? And Kenya's like, oh, shit, that was going to be my season finale moment. Like, that was going to be my thing. And Portia's like, girl, I already did, did it. Been there, done, done that. And I think that's another reason why she can't stand her. And she's upset about this because not only did Portia get possibly, allegedly, the bolo action, she also got to Latoya first. I know that's like that storyline is so much more diluted. Like I've, no one cares now because like Kenya's like, well, now I'm upset because you're making friends with them and you're siding with them. She's upset because her storyline got ruined and Kenya is only good as a nemesis. If someone's not fighting with her, she has no purpose on this show. She already can't show her baby anymore. So like, what is there for us to film about her divorce? We don't want to see, we with Bethany, we don't want to see long divorces with shitty ex-husbands. We just don't. And Candy, uh, Candy's behavior through all this is really interesting. She's just like, uh, you know, I mean, it's, just, it's it's funny how Candy is like kind of like, you know, still involved in everything, but kind of just from this like outward viewpoint of like, I don't know, you know, it's crazy. Yeah, she's telling us, I plead the fifth and I don't know. And then she's telling Don Juan to us on camera that she heard some things and she knows some things. So it's like, what do you know, Candy? Candy knows. 
She well, absolutely I mean, I'm, knows. I'm really, really, I, I mean, I, I'm very excited for the tail end of the Atlanta season. Um, I personally really also really like Drew. I hate Ralph. He's, he really, yeah, hate that him. One, I think that she's one aware. episode, that one episode, it really, there's no excuse for, I think, of just how his behavior when he was a Scott. I mean, it was just very aggressive. And I know guys like that where it's like, th- that doesn't end well. You know, I really, yeah, truly, I didn't he, love uh, it. He might be great on the surface and great in certain, but you know, you can't change somebody's. I wonder if she's going to be like an Ashley Darby because Drew seems incredibly smart and incredibly with it. Like she's understanding of what's happening, but her choice and her voluntarily overlooking her husband's dangerous flaws, like absolutely questionable behavior, dangerous flaws and behavior. You just skip town, like. And then to say, to gaslight you and say, you don't need the way these details shouldn't matter to you. Like they don't help you. You don't know what that what is going to help me or not. Like, don't do that to me. I wonder if she's going to be like an Ashley Darby because you see this person aside from their family, you like them. They're like, they're good for the show. They produce good content. They're funny. They're with it. They have good lines and everything. But then when they get home, you're like, are you, are you dumb? Like, do you understand that this is not for you? You're better than this, prettier than this smarter than this and they're like oh yeah and every other aspect but him i know what's going on it's like that's very strange to me so i'd love to see what happens with drew another season I'm excited for the tail end of it, but I'm not excited for Cynthia's super spreader wedding. I think that's what really I So guys, Cynthia is, is it next week? Is it next week the wedding? Or yeah, that, I think they're yeah. not making it the finale. And yeah. I think that well, is a punishment. The official camera crews weren't allowed to shoot there, right? Didn't Bravo They chose them? to not be there. They were so, like, so we're getting were like fan footage. We're getting like people that were guests. No, she hired her own production company. No fucking way. Yes, she oh. hired a separate production company. And then she sold the footage Atlanta. to Bravo. Oh, I think they they probably were like, well, you're going to give it to us. <laughs> so, cause she really wanted it to be the finale episode to be the finale of this season it would have been epic, historic to have two weddings as finales would have been historic. She'd be like the first house to have this many weddings on the same show. But the problem was girl, you wouldn't let up on that idea in the middle of a global pandemic where everyone had to cancel their weddings or reduce it from like 150 to like eight people. It's so, like a conversation she had in the car yesterday of like, oh, you know, so many things have been going wrong with this wedding. I just don't, you know, and it's like you neutralize your own conversation when it's like, you shouldn't even be at this point where you're having a wedding. It shouldn't like, be ha- I mean, her, her, her own her husband, is husband like, said we don't girl, need to do this. We can know? just go to the courthouse. Even, okay, no, when King is making sense, we have an issue. Because King is like, girl, you live on a venue. You lay, you live on a lake, put a tent out back, have like 10, 10 people and be outside. And the amount of vitriol Cynthia gave Kenya of like, that was the most like uh, insulting suggestion Kenya could ever have to descale her wedding, do it in the backyard at home, friends and family only, and not be this big production, but still have it filmed. But like, keep people safe. If you love them, you're going to wear a face mask or a face shield and be double masked up in front of your mother while talking to your mother about her coming to your wedding with 250 people. How do you not see that that's a greater risk to her than you and her house? But at least we, uh, at least we got the footage. So that's, I mean, at the end of the day, and you know what? I'm sad because I think that Cynthia, this was her first real season, not being Nini's beta. Like not yeah, being yeah. 
And to me, I think Cynthia is a permanent beta. I don't think she's able to be on a show without an alpha. I don't find her to be that compelling. But she's doing this in her first real season. She's the whole storyline. And now it's turned on her. And the whole storyline is about how she is the most inconsiderate human <laughs> of all time. Um, Monty, I, by the way, th- you, this is why you got to listen to Monty. Did you just hear? This is a masterclass in <laughs> opinions, in uh, Atlanta, royalty, everything. That is what you get on Mixing with Monty every week. But also, there is something new I wanted to talk about before we leave or just uh, briefly mention is that you were doing, what is it, like a classroom thing? It's or like a it? mixer. It's um, it's a, a mixer event that I'm doing virtually. I did one for Potomac. It was Real Housewives of Potomac Mixer. Um, and it's, it's literally mixing with Monty and we, I recommend a cocktail that I think is going to be great for the binge. I even create like a binge playlist where I take about four or five episodes from all the seasons, all of the, of the franchise that we're discussing. And I pick the most quintessential episodes that I think should be put together in this curated playlist that you can like watch and be it, it makes some sort of opinion happen inside of you. And then it's a zoom it's like my podcast. I'm giving you, I give a PowerPoint. Like I have like notes on why this show is great or terrible, why it's tanked, all these things. I come up with ta- so many things and then we engage. We discuss where do we, where do we sign together. Up so it'll be um, held by Speakeasy. Um, hey, Speakeasy on all the Instagrams and things. And it's, I'll be posting the link and the promos really soon and you can buy tickets. It's only about 10 bucks. And you get to mix with me for like an hour or so, or however long you want to stay. Cost effective. You know, the opinions are like dead on. You know, the information is dead on. Uh, it sounds like there's booze involved. You know, that's oh, dead yeah. on. So all of that is a, that's a, that's a, that's a win-win for everybody involved. And you get so, to be involved. You can talk back to me. We get to talk together. Yeah. I mean, yeah, the only other way you'd be able to do that is to start a podcast called So Bad It's Good. And then you're able to talk to her as well. So, um, <laughs> But uh, yeah, I mean, the thing is like Monty is amazing. So she proves it time and time again. Um, So thank you so much for doing this. Congratulations on all the amazing stuff happening in your life. Thank you for having me. I mean, this is like, I'm sure, I mean, this is a conversation that is never ending. We continue this. This is just a to be continued with us. Yes. So um, you guys, Monty, we are all family. Support her. I know you do already. This is so ridiculous. But if you don't, if you're new to this show and you want another show with better opinions and all no. of that stuff, go to her show and then still come to my show, but go to her show and then come to my show. So uh, thank you so much, Monty. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, guys, stay tuned to that information. Um, you can find me on all the things, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, at Mixing with Monty, M-I-X-I-N-G-W-I-T-H-M-A-N-I. And Listen, we're about, we're very close to our very large podcast mixer going Ooga to Beppo, Beppo. I'm ready. I get my second dose in two weeks and I'm ready to take care of myself, lay low and not help other people. And once all my friends are in the clear and they're all comfortable, I'm on the first thing smoking out to LA. It'll be my first time ever going and I'm going to spend it at Buca de Beppo. Well, you better, you better let me know in advance so I can plan everything around that. So um, guys, all her info will be in my show notes for all the follows and stuff like that. And, and we will, we'll talk to you next time, Moni. Yay. Thank you so much. I had a girl who looked good, I would call her. Call her. Holla, holla, holla. I was like, good, great.
delicious ass is bodacious And I approach baby like Hi, my name is Last name ever, first name greatest I've been spending hundreds since they had small faces yeah. See note by the layers, true fucking players Race in the space means peace, see you later Boogie fresh and yes, cold on my feet My life's like a soundtrack I wrote to the beat When the streets keep calling, heard it when I was sweet T-O-M-P-T-O in my city, mobbing in the streets This is my part, nobody else speaks Batches.